Welcome to PT Shop Talk, where a couple of folks talk about therapy, family, movies, music, sports, and everything in between. Remember that this podcast represents the opinions of the hosts and guests and should not be taken as medical advice. The content is for informational and entertainment purposes only. Everyone is a unique and special snowflake, so please consult your healthcare professionals for any medical questions. Views and opinions expressed in this podcast are our own and do not represent that of our places of work. We take every effort to ensure that the information presented is accurate and we welcome any comments, suggestions, and corrections of error. This podcast should not be used in any legal capacity whatsoever, including, but not limited to, establishing standard of care in a legal sense or as a basis of expert witness testimony. Now, here are your hosts. Welcome everybody to episode 25 of PT Shop Talk. On today's episode, we talk about imaging and its value in therapy. And we finish with our top five favorite cartoon series growing up. With me today, as always, is Nick Thunder, Thunder, Thundercats, Dolly, <laughs> and Jeremy, and Stimpy Van Klompenberg. Welcome, gentlemen. Uh-huh. I know it wasn't well, he man, Nick, but it was pretty close. <clears throat> I, like I would have also. I said I would have also accepted Cobra Commander. I can't do the Cobra Commander slash Starscream voice. It's too high and scratchy. Yeah, same dude, right? Yeah, Are I believe sure? so. Same guy. Guy was all over that voice. It was very. No. Nice. It was like it was kind of like no Destro. Yeah, you know, like a little that. higher though. Like even. Yeah. You know, trying. You could have did it. You could have did the. You know, Skeletor is pretty. <laughs> So, okay. No, Destro. Mm. Keep working on it. We'll get it next time. Yeah, we'll get you on it. We'll circle back to that. (laughs) I was expecting more of a skeleton. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Oh, that was pretty good. (laughs) All right. Well, we're getting there. We're getting better now. This is exciting. Episode 25. That's uh, people like numbers that end in five. So it's like a half a year. That's yeah, quarter of a solid. century. Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When we first started this thing, I thought we would do like one a month or one every other week, and here we are. We've continued to maintain a weekly schedule. Pretty good. Yeah, we, we probably should have so had much riveting more ideas the in the bank when we started. <laughs> so good. much hard hitting content. It just just keeps just rolling. Just keeps rolling. Machine. Yeah. So no. I was I was thinking this week, do you guys ever have like a character in a movie or even a TV show that really like connects with you where you're like, that's like me. Like, I really feel mm-hmm. like this character is speaking to me and they're almost me in real life. Are we going cartoons here? Or? No, I, anything. Because <laughs> <laughs> I have this person in my life now. And but tell, do tell. Go on. It's the dad from the movie you, Beethoven. You want... <laughs> I have Charles a... Grodin, right? Yeah, I have Grodin? this new dog. If you guys are ever sitting around uh, in the evening and you're like, I wonder what, what Casey's up to, you dust off your VHS of Beethoven, you put it in your DVD mm-hmm. VHS combo, uh, you fast forward about 25 minutes and just watch the next half hour. That's my life now. I am that man. Oh, 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 every two seconds. It's like, I, yeah, 
why why did we get this dog we should have never brought it in let it go yeah, yeah that's my life the the puppy yeah. stage is it's strong it's not enjoyable yeah just let him die don't replace Jeez. <laughs> you guys just well, buried your cat now you're well, yeah, the, like if, a little pooch if my dog dies now people are gonna assume i killed it like i can't yeah <laughs> i can't really hide the fact that i murdered yeah. it like i'm suspect number one especially now we have this podcast yeah a lot of evidence <laughs> out there yeah you'd have to too dig much. deep to find <laughs> go figure casey yeah. you'd Six ask feet. us you'd ask us a shred. question and make it all about you the last shred of evidence well, was no you gave me nothing 25 <laughs> Yeah, you know, I I don't know that I don't know that I've had that person. I don't know that I could. I got Jeremy. I got you. Did you ever you watch do? Night Court? You're bull from Night Court. Come on, <laughs> come on. No. All right. All right. Uh, I go. Nick, I assume Matthew Modine Vision Quest was you number one. I can't believe you didn't just fire oh, that out. Back, <clears throat> back in high school, yeah. Still I went through a little day. went through a little Ariatras phase, maybe in my mind. <laughs> okay, times. that was you as the manager. Some, yeah, Jeremy, validate that. Don't validate. Yeah. <laughs> just dropping f bombs on phones. That's where people. I just slam my office door shut and just scream f bombs nonstop. And like the door is paper thin, so it didn't do anything to disguise. Figure it out, Figure it out. Only if it was him, he'd be yelling like with you in there, and just just berating you. Yeah. <laughs> Lloyd, get in here. Oh Lloyd. Oh, what a guy. You know, that's, that's a little bit, I think that show got a lot of flack towards the end, but but very enjoyable through its entire run, though. A lot of fun. Oh, yeah. I I don't know how many seasons it went, but I would say, like, the first three were pretty solid. It was, it was on my fun. short list. Yeah. I, and I enjoyed it. I mean, I suppose it hit right when I was, I was probably about similar age to those guys, a little tiny bit younger, but. I mean, the lifestyle is pretty cool. I mean, totally based off Mark Wahlberg, supposedly, right? Yeah, you know, his coming up, and Johnny Drama is supposed to be his older brother, Donnie. <laughs> that makes Pretty sense. Cool. Yeah. Hey, Jeremy, though, I want to ask you. You you said you started True Detective on my yeah. recommendation. What are your thoughts, dude? Uh, so I didn't realize that it's like a new story every season, right? Yes, correct. So, ah, uh, man, the first one. I finished the first one. That was good, man. I know. So I was good, thinking. Right? Honestly, I was thinking at the very end of it when they're when they're at his like kind of farm in the bayou and they're going, yeah, come on, take the path of the bride, right? And they like go to that stack of clothes, and I'm like, that is by far that had me on my the edge of my seat. I was like, mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. way longer or way higher intensity than anything with Stranger Things. Awesome, like, yeah. That, right. that yeah. was. And with an anthology series, like anybody can go. I mean, they're yeah. not relying on McConaughey to come back. No, nope. you know. And I was even surprised he did. Spoiler alert! At the end, yeah. I thought yeah. it was just like, I thought, I thought oh, okay, done. we're done. I thought they were both done. I was like, <laughs> they're gonna, they're, they're all gonna die in there. No one's ever gonna know. They're never gonna catch the serial killer. Like, that yeah. was good. That was good. Awesome. Yeah, I don't awesome mind season. the anthology style storytelling i think that's kind of fun I, i'm a big american horror stories guy i think that shows super fun for the same reason uh see i've right. never seen it Ooh, i like horror and you like anthologies i'd watch it i, I, <laughs> <seems like> a, <laughs> I heard it's i heard it's well made 
Yeah, and, it, and like every season interconnects, which gets kind of weird later on because you'll get seasons where the actors might play three or four characters in the season. Uh, because it'll be like their character from previous season is now interacting with their character from the current season. So that's a little oh, confusing sometimes. Good. It doesn't happen a ton. Um, yeah. But, or, and it's not typical that they'll be in a scene together, but they'll mm-hmm. do a scene as one character, maybe have a flashback to a scene with them as the other character. So you really have to, it, it would be a little confusing to jump back and forth. I would definitely watch it in order. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, On yeah. that Stranger Things note, though, they dropped the newest final trailer, I think, for Volume 2, a couple days yesterday. Eight days away? Oh, so the first, good. right? Yep. Yeah, just as I was kind of mellowing on it a little bit, but then I watched two full minutes of like, got me drawn back right in. Locked you uh, back in. Yep, can't yeah. wait. Can't yep. wait. July I 1st. also had some exciting media news today. I'm not what we would call like a, a giant comic book any guy anymore, but uh, I've there, there's been like a comic series, uh, I believe it's Japanese, called Berserk that's been, uh, they've been writing it since like 89. Sounds crazy. Yeah, it is a very crazy series. And uh, the artist slash author of it just passed away unexpectedly last year. Wow. And, and like they're supposed to be finishing it. He, you know, he's like, ah, oh, there's probably like a hundred chapters left in this thing. And and he just died like a heart attack. And like uh, <clears throat> they didn't know if they were going to finish the series. Yeah. You know, it was like, wow, you've been invested in this thing for 30 years and now it's the ending you'll never know um because it is definitely a self-contained story it's not like a superhero book where you just you know it's just going to be serial story alternate yeah yeah um but yeah uh, 47 like the last five years of his life though he brought in some assistants and he was teaching them how to draw like he drew and he had them do like a second series on the side and they'd help him out Uh um but people didn't know like well they can't really take it over but apparently, like, his best friend's also, like, a comic guy over there, and they have been talking. They've been, like, friends for 40 years. Like, they started writing their comics at the same time. So this guy apparently knows, like, how it's supposed to end. And so with his family, with the original guy's family's blessing, he's decided he's going to take everything he told them, and he's going to get with his assistants, and they're going to finish it. Um, so, yeah, like, the first issue just dropped, what, this week, so... Pretty cool. Wow. Uh, they okay. did a great job. I mean, quality is not lacking. So that's exciting. I was really concerned yeah. like 30 years was just going to push no ending. So. And the Japanese don't play games with like their comics and their animation. No, They're... it's uh, this one's pretty brutal. Like it's a uh, kind of cool story. Like the guy, he's like a mercenary. It's more like a medieval type story. And he gets with these bands uh, and He's like the best. He's a super good swordsman. Anyways, he leaves the band. The the leader of the band ends up getting captured by another army, tortured, and he ends up sacrificing like all his friends to these demons uh, to get these powers. And this guy's the only guy in this whole band that survives. Him and uh, his love interest, but she goes crazy. Uh, mm-hmm. So then the story is him trying to like who hasn't seen that play out? Yeah, like, right. Yeah, the story is all this time. time. Yeah. And then <laughs> when does Batman come on? When does Batman show up? This guy is pretty much a Batman with a giant sword. It's more like a raw slab of okay. steel, as they say, because his sword's How like seven Iron, feet. Iron Man? Um, no, he's Cold definitely Rain. not. He's not charismatic at all. <laughs> it's just a Rain. stone cold murder. Oh, 
look at that chibi art. That's cute. So, anyways, that was, that was okay. big for me. That was That's exciting. Cool. Yeah. Berserk. Berserk. Look it up Berserk. sometime. Uh, there are some scenes in there that are well. 90% of it's not for kids, but definitely there's some mm. scenes that are barely for adults in there, but it's good. What is that? Oh, okay. I'm scared. Oh, God. I'm I would scared. say you you read like he, uh, this was like uh, issue 366 that just came out. Um, I would say like the last 50 issues, his artwork is absolutely phenomenal. I mean, if you Google some of the, just Google berserk incredible artwork. We need our, um, we need our producer to like really draw some slap some stuff up for our youtube followers yeah 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 Yeah, this guy would take like 10 days to draw a single panel it was crazy his art style is phenomenal are the pictures as lucid as perhaps a musculoskeletal imaging like a ct or a t2 weighted mri um yes and no i mean oftentimes you would cut people in half and you could see inside of them like you would with imaging coronal coronal, coronal transverse uh he would do all the cuts really Ooh, i'm excited sagittal. now he got me into it yeah. sagittal slice yes oh yeah um what's the, the sunrise you jam a sword sunrise, right through yeah. their no- mouth i mean he did them all right through the patella sunrise yeah. view yeah oh yeah, yeah what's the one through the okay. mouth Open mouth. open mouth. Hmm, that's a crap name mouth. for that one. C one, C two. Yeah, that's just called an open mouth. That's dumb. All right. Oh, I think so, isn't it? And I said in the state open where mouth. I can yeah, actually, open, I'm open in the state where I can actually order these. I should learn these, I guess. Yeah, you can order. They call Mind that film. a sunrise view because you open your mouth at sunrise. Yeah, like you you're yawning and big you yawn. Your coffee. Mm. Yeah, there you go, see a patella in there. That is trouble. That is trouble. Named that right after funny. the sleepiest people around. <laughs> well. well, open your mouth and you show your brain, as they say. I'll move on. Let's talk about imaging for real. <laughs> on that note, uh, Jeremy is just fired up about imaging this week. Uh, uh, you know, in part of it, part of it for me, like uh, I was saying a couple weeks back, like um, I don't know what you guys feel about this, but you know, like talking about kind of like the the lifestyle medicine or, or public health type uh, initiative. It's like, this is one of the things that I, I think is just like a huge barrier. It's not well understood by the lay population. Um, it's, I just think it's good information to get out there. I like, I would say that probably at least 90% of my patients, I try to educate on, on imaging because most have had it or, or yeah. are saying they need it. You know, so, I mean, you guys mentioned it, I, I like, I don't know that we have to go super in depth on that, but I mean, the, the most common things that, that I see, at least in our practice of x-ray, MRI and CT. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. And yeah. Uh, so interesting, you know, things, right? Like you'd, you'd say like our MRI and CT are like more advanced imaging, x-ray, more plain film, you know, basically just ruling out fracture on that. But yeah, like I... You know, interesting how like how many primary care, you know, like oh they said my rotator cuff's fine because I had an extra. You know, <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, definitely hear that for sure. Yeah. And uh and I had a had a patient that came in the other day and they're like, But you can't see muscles on an extra, can you? I'm like, No, I am like, you know, you're you're trying to like toe a line there, right? Because yeah. you're, like not trying yeah. to throw the provider under the bus, but you're like 
Well, I guess in some cases we could say if we had, you know, superior migration of the humeral head, you might be able to jump to that conclusion. Oh, yeah, right? Yeah. Chronic, yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, you know, trying to go through that, but you know, again, the the bigger piece. Good chance just, just like, to educate them and say, hey, let's just let's just handle this thing clinically, and if you have signs and symptoms that indicate it, let's we'll shoot you for MRI, right? Yeah, yeah, you got it. But it's like what I find is like, yeah, I did an eval this morning, 33 year old with intermittent chronic back pain. He's like, well, you know, uh, yeah, I have good days and I have bad days, but now I found out I have DDD, and mm. like. Might as well. And, and, and this guy actually was like, what? You know, I did some Googling and, you know, they said like, it doesn't have to be a bad thing and I just need to strengthen around it. And you go, oh, this is like, this is a great guy to, you know, support that with. But a lot of people yeah. are like, you can't fix me because I have this disease now. Um, yeah. I do think we're slowly seeing that narrative change. I, yeah. I would say I was just going to say the same years. thing. Yeah. I just uh, had I, somebody last week who and it kind of echoed exactly what you said. Like, they listed it, but then at the same time, they're like, yeah, but it's no big deal, I guess. I guess everybody has it. Like, well, well, yeah, I started to see some providers, it, it, orthos included, kind of giving that same message too. Like, you know, it used to be like, yep, let me know when you want it fixed. You know, and now it's like, well, yeah. but, you know, there's a good chance you can feel better just with some exercise and strengthening and would send you to therapy, mm-hmm. you know, instead of the, well, you got to go fail therapy so you can have insurance pay for your surgery. I mean, that's yeah. that's a not a common message anymore. Where I would say even five years ago, that was a pretty common message for patients yeah. I, I would say out here, I feel like we're a little bit behind the curve. Like, honestly, like right before we left, I went to that rehab symposium with OI. They were getting into a, a study on like, how do we rehab massive rotator cuff repairs, right? And that's like, you go, that's cool, I think. Um, and do we, you know, do we see the outcomes that support surgical intervention, especially with advanced age? And, um, but then moved out here and it's like, people were still getting, you know, 52 year old patients were still getting two weeks of home health for total needs. Hmm. So mm. it's like, that's going by. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it has even in the last four years that we've been here now, we start, or we're starting to see that, but I would still say we, we get a fair amount of people with that message of, I can't believe you walked in here. Uh, oh my gosh. How do you function? Right. And yeah. Well, we knees, of a, knees of an 80 year old. Yeah. Yeah. Worst so, whatever I've ever seen. Yep. Yeah. So to me, I guess that's, that's what I would say, you know, where I see imaging a lot. Um, you know, I guess we can jump around a little bit. I mean, like, how do we use them in practice? Like I, I'm not in a state that can order a case. So you could maybe, you know, speak extrapolate on that a little bit more, but you know, yeah, I look at, go ahead. Yeah. It's uh, I mean, it's new for us. It's been this year alone. So, or la- last August, maybe um, they, they ruled in on that, but again, it was just plain film, which was a little frustrating because when the board originally brought it um, up for vote, it was MRI, CT, plain film, um, medical doctors Cairo's push back really hard on that which i don't know Cairo's push back hard on all of it uh, right. the docs initially pushed back hard on it and then we said all right well what happens if we just do ct and x-ray and then they're like yeah okay and then they came back again and said nah we thought about it you know just plain film is all we're comfortable with and it's so silly to me because 
Like right, the whole radio, reason a ra- radiologist is going to interpret it anyway. Yeah, exactly. Like we're not taking business away from you. We're What's doing your... this so that when patients come in, we can provide best care possible. You know, that's, it's silly for me to come in and say, were they oh, worried about know, over? Was there one plausible public argument that they're worried about overutilization? Yeah, that was the yeah overutilization and in you know incorrectly ordering those things. <laughs> and it's like you know, I'm only going to order MRIs if I think somebody's got like a tumor or serious spinal pathology. You know, I'm not ordering MRIs because somebody's got a sore back. But mm-hmm. um, you know, and then came in with the the research we had on it. You know, and PTs was definitely we underutilize it. Uh, yeah. We probably miss more than we catch, uh, just because we are still hesitant yeah. to order it. I was going to say, I think I think it would ordering. help us swing our pendulum more to the midline because I feel like our profession the last ten to fifteen years has been very anti-imaging, and that's probably what's going to come across a little bit in this in this pod, but not by intent, I'm sure. Mm. Um, but I think it would be I think it would create value for us to maybe have that ability to order it in those certain cases where it's it's going to help you with diagnosis, help you rule something out, yeah, um, or make a referral out. So I mean, those are I think there's a lot of value in it. I hope you guys are doing more and more of it. But that's what I was going to say. Like where you know we talk about where would you utilize it, right? Like I'm thinking you know super acute injuries, right? Uh, somebody's positive for. Ottawa rules, you know, yeah, yeah, pretty solid Ottawa rules, you know, neck ankle. They are. I mean, boy, yeah, you don't were. have I mean, to be a genius to follow those. Yeah, yeah. so like you have those CPGs, like, and then you know, it's, it's interesting that argument on overutilization because typically it's like, no, you have to go see your PCP first. Okay, you're going to get an X-ray. Okay, you're going to get an ortho referral. Okay, you're coming back to PT. Exactly. So it's like in yeah. terms of the cost loop, to me, it's not because it's like. You know, it's probably again, more cost effective. You're right. So it, yeah. it's like versus if you go to that and you do it like you say, hey, we have Ottawa rules. Yeah, rule in, rule out. You need an image or you don't, and then go from there. I mean, like mm-hmm. that's what I'm thinking. You have your serious red flags, like you said, you know, tumor type presentation, Casey, or you know, acute fracture or something like that, yeah. where or a foosh, something like that, where mm-hmm. you want to say like, hey, let's make sure we rule this out before we go on. So, yeah. but I would say our, our, I think our, you know, our CPGs, um, CPRs, whatever you want to call them, um, I think they really guide the selection of imaging more than what we would see in the normal, you know, um, transition of care. So, but unfortunately, like a lot of the people who are managing payment on all this stuff, they're still the same people as we've pointed out before that are going to. They're going to scrutinize therapy beyond $850 on a calendar year, but really don't bat an eyelash for a $25,000, $30,000 surgery. Yep. That probably has like a 30% efficacy over five years. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah, depending on the age group, depending on severity of tear, you know, all those things, right? Like so many factors, but, um, you know, we were going to talk documentation and, you know, that's, I wouldn't say like poo-pooing imaging, Nick, but I would just say like, you know, research that says like, hey, we see this in both symptomatic and asymptomatic populations, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, the the big study, I never know how to present or, or uh, pronounce his name, but the Brink, Brinkiji uh, 2014, 15, uh, systematic review, 3,100, 3,100 patients where you're basically 
saying like, hey, these are common findings on an MRI for a low back pain patient. Yeah. 73% have, was it 73% had bulging discs? Yeah. Uh, yeah. The one I started with was disc degeneration, you know, in the 20s, like 37% in each consecutive oh, decade. Yeah. You know, then in the in the 30s, it's you know 52 percent. You know, it goes yeah. on from there. And um, you're finding even more other areas too. It's kind of cool as time goes by. They're finding like like hip sculpts, right, are becoming less and less necessary. Truly, because yeah, they're, yeah. You know, again, that was a, that was the same thing. You know, yeah, Frank in 2015. You know, for FAI, high incidence of you know pincer pathology, labral tears. You know, 68, 69 percent of the study. Yeah. Uh, in asymptomatic people, uh, Gill in 2014, um, conclusion, shoulder pathology is apparent in both symptomatic and asymptomatic shoulders, and clinical mm-hmm. symptoms may not match radiological findings. Yeah. The cost and burden of ordering MRI scans is significant, and the relevance of the findings are questionable when investigating shoulder pain. Yeah, right? I mean, you can just go down the line for everything yeah. like that. You know, 30% <clears throat> yeah. of collegiate basketball players have knee pathology, you know. Yeah. Um, and they play college basketball without pain, you know, I, so yeah, it's an education thing, but I think for me as a therapist, knowing that stuff, like Nick said, though, yeah, I think you have to be careful not to let the pendulum swing so far where you're like, ah, they're worthless. I'm never going to order one. Cause I I do think, you know, when we talk about like myelopathy clusters, um, cervical instability testing, you know, if we're going to do those tests, it's so nice. And that was one of the arguments we brought up was if I'm going to do a myelopathy cluster with somebody and not have anything for them like that kind of stinks too to go well boy you, you know you have a positive hoffman's and you know you're yeah. hyper reflexive um that doesn't sound good you know i'll see you later mm-hmm. <laughs> you know like call the call their primary and try to get something set up but like it stinks to be like we do all these testing to identify these things and then i have to send you somewhere else for you're somebody still like handcuffed, yeah. the same pro- the same process it's like but you but are you still like you know for you right now somebody that can order it are you still is it are you sending them to sanford or are you sending them to is there an independent lab are you sending yeah, to independent you diagnostic know? imaging in fargo um would okay. be uh, i talked with them back in august when this whole thing was coming about to, you know to talk about order sets and what it would look like to order you know, uh-huh. the issue we still have, and I don't know, because luckily I haven't had a, you know, most of insurance. my patients are pretty chronic. Um, but yeah, it's insurance. Uh, I can order it, but is it going to get paid for? Um, you know, we had a imaging guy come in and through the North Dakota APTA and give a presentation. And boy, I can't even remember what state it was right now. Illinois, maybe. Um, or Ohio. But he said every single image they had ordered in their hospital has been paid. Um you know, and they had that same question, like, is it going to get paid? But does that build under the hospital, you know, and not yeah, under the provider? Right. So I don't, but still, you know, if I sent it to IDI, they're going to be the ones that bill it. So it's yep. not like they're necessarily, unless they audit the account, I suppose, and see. I'm sure I they the still need some it. type of ICD-10s to help justify it on mm-hmm. their own side. You know, they, but, and that's why I said when I called them, they're like, well, we'll code it and you know, we'll do that yeah. part of it. You don't. And they even went as far as to say, you know, we'll, we'll hook you up with packs. You know, that'll be a free service. If you send us patients for imaging, you know, we'll give you server-based packs so you can, you know, get all that information right away. So that was cool of them too. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, it, it really hasn't become an issue since, so I haven't had to pursue it, but um, yeah. be curious. No. I, just, I just had to send somebody in to get an ultrasound for a DVT, but I would have had to send that out to the hospital anyway. Regardless. But 
Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's like, yeah, I agree with you guys. I'm, I'm not like hardline on this telling people like images don't matter. Right. Mm-hmm. Like I, but I tell them that this, that like, you know, does this mean that they can't be a problem? No, it doesn't. But it means that it doesn't always have to be a problem too. And when we look at like pure statistics of, you know, tumors with low back pain, things like that, what do they say? Like less than 2% of the low back pain that you see in your entire career will be a red flag pathology. Yeah, right? I think generally um, one to 3% of all patients we see will have a red flag. I mean, it's, yeah. it's that's I yeah. think what we say in school. So, cool. so you're talking, right? Horses, not zebras, but you know, it, it's like for, I would say, for the vast majority of the patients that we see, I think a lot of times that imaging does more harm than good. My, my hot take. I think think it comes down to how it's presented though. I think you're right. I I think you're right. Unfortunately, but I think it's gotten better. Yeah. I think it used to be, I think it's getting better. Yeah. I think it used to be a lot more challenging. Um, but at the same time, I think there's still a place for it in the right circumstance. I think it's the way it's messaged as it's interpreted. I think some of the worst stuff is when, you get those patients who just receive the report yeah. and they, there's nobody to kind of walk them through it except for us that, well, right. I say it's a good thing, bad thing, uh, because they might show up in by maybe a heightened state of concern, yeah, but then you sure. can really, Adrenaline's you can pumping. really, you know, break it down with them and say, okay, this is kind of normal. Well, this is normal. Especially yeah. on the impression. When you go through the impression at the bottom, I mean, the radiologist is going to really define how severe something is or not, you know, yeah. relative mm. to what they've seen. Yeah. Yeah. I always think it's funny when they'll, uh, I shouldn't say funny, but they'll come in with that image, you know, they'll be like, yep, degenerative joint disease, you know, degenerative disease. Then the impression will always have, you know, like, oh, there's some nodules in the kidney or like some calcification of the bowels or (laughs) something with the liver. Patients don't think anything about that. They're like, meh. (laughs) You know, the report says it's, you know, maybe worth following up on, but I'm not too concerned about that. But this disc disease, you know, that's the real concern. And it's like, I'd be, man, how are your kidneys working? Like, how do you feel? <laughs> like, yeah. you, know, you know, like it's always interesting to me what people focus on. But have you guys ever had a non-red flag imaging that's changed your treatment? No. Yeah. That's... The, the big thing I get a lot, right, is uh, I was talking about this actually with the nurse at the end of the day where it was like, you know, with the, with the change to EMR, right? The assumption that we have access to all the images. Well, you can see those, right? I had access five years ago. Well, I was going to say, (laughs) one of the the things that I actually enjoy is when people come in and you're meeting them during evaluation and they're like, oh, didn't they send that to you? Didn't they send you my reports? And I'm like, ah, maybe they did. And sometimes it's just still flowing through Meditech here. But um, I'm able to say, you know what? I'm better off not seeing that. I don't want it to bias anything that I'm going to do today. I think they, I think that right there helps them build some respect because I'm like, I'm certainly going to cross reference that, but I want to come in with like kind of open eyes and and not have any type of, uh, you know, kind of bias on where I'm going to go based on any findings, you know? Yeah. I like that. I like that. I, most of the time I'll tell people like, you know, it's not going to change our, our course of treatment. You know, ultimately they looked at, you know, again, you know, direct access or not, you know, we can go back and forth on that too. But I, I go, you know, I, I also trust that your, your provider is not going to send you here if, if they don't think it's safe. And two, if we find anything that we would determine that's not, then, you know, obviously we're not going to have you here in an unsafe manner either. So it's like, 
you know, that's some, some ways that I'll try to, you know, just kind of preach that too. It's like checks and balances too. Like they saw you, we're going to do our own evaluation again, like very safe going forward, not going to change our treatment plan. Yeah. So nice little approach there. Yeah. I like that. Uh, you know, I, and sometimes if, if I have it, I, I do look at them just so the patients feel confident that I'm no, you know, know their whole case when I come in, but I say the same thing. It's, you know, it's, well, we have to appreciate what's going on in the body, but we also have to understand that we're, again, it's safe. We know that now with everything we've talked to with the doctor, with you and what we looked at, and it's not going to necessarily affect how we treat you. You know, the good news is we know that with the stuff you do have, you're going to be okay. You know, so yeah. you can kind of justify that too. Cause you do have some patients where like, I do think if they, like, if nobody would give them an image, they would sit in uh, nocebo hell, just worried about oh, the worst things possible. You get so, that all the time. There I, are I wanna, times. I need the MRI. Well, why do you want the MRI? You know, or you'll say like, hey, my knee hurts. Okay. Uh, what's been going on? Uh, I tripped and fell two weeks ago. Okay. Um, well, what's your goal for therapy? I don't want to be in pain anymore. Okay. That sounds good. And I definitely don't want to have surgery. Okay. That sounds mm-hmm. good. But, but they wouldn't give me an MRI. <laughs> um, what do you want an MRI for? Well, I need to know what's going on. <laughs> like, they're like, well, okay, so you don't want surgery. Uh, you know, this is a, a rare event in time, you know, but I just need to know what's going on. You know, and I, and I think, honestly, I think a lot of providers probably, like, you know, kind of bend to that pressure a little bit too, you know, yeah. especially in the, yeah. in the age of NPS and, you know, reimbursement based on satisfaction and, oh, yeah. <laughs> And it's just like, my doctor wouldn't give me an MRI. And it's just like, again, you know, we talk about time constraints, but dang, you know, you're trying to do like a H and P in 35 minutes and you're going over every system as a primary care. I yeah. can see how it sometimes would be like, all right, let's order it. <laughs> yeah, check, check, so, check, check. You know, so, that'll um, make you feel better. Yeah. Peace of mind. Mm-hmm. But then you go, but then again, it's like, then we come back to the age old discussion of, you know, why is, you know, why does healthcare cost so much? And, you know, I don't know. It's just kind of a vicious cycle. So that'd be my ultimate hope is that, you know, again, the understanding that, uh, you know, images don't always have to, to hold just damage or we can see quote unquote abnormalities on imaging, but that can be okay too. And, uh, and for the large majority of people, that is okay. And uh, hopefully that it might not change that person's viewpoint when they're sitting in the exam room with me on day one, but gosh, maybe they share that with their kids or maybe they share that with their friends or, yeah, you know what I found out is degenerative disc disease. Well, shoot, my PT has degenerative hair disease and his head doesn't hurt. So this can be okay. This can be okay. So, Ooh, I, uh, I see what you did there. Very cool. Yeah. Very clear. <laughs> uh, degenerative like hair it. disease. Yeah. My doesn't hurt, know. By the way. That's I, <laughs> I do degenerative skin disease. I got these beautiful smile lines. So wrinkles on the inside. Yeah, I got wrinkles <laughs> on the inside and outside, baby. Back's, back's killing me right now. Uh, from a full <laughs> life of laughter. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> from joy and joy. Yeah, I would echo that sentiment when we talk about imaging, but I would say from a profession, I hope we keep 
pushing for the ability, even though we know what the research says, because I do think that's valuable being a frontline provider to be able yeah. to oh, test exactly. for a red flag and then to be able to send somebody, you know, if they have somebody with them, uh, you know, like head over to the imaging center and get this MRI right now. I'm sending the order how, over. You how, know? About th- how about this? In your guys' practice right now, and Nick, I know you're not as much in patient care anymore, but I mean, you probably have some good numbers from when you were all day. Uh, like, what percentage of your of your volume is direct access? Hmm. My <laughs> volume's probably pretty low, just based on the chronic pain population I treat closely with the doctor. But we do have therapists. Our dry needlers. That's a Boy, yeah. I, I don't know the number offhand, what the percentage would be like, but yeah. I would, high, I mean, you know, Is it? well over yeah. 10%, I would guess with those guys. Oh, we're well under, we're well um, under 10. We should, we should, you can track that. Yeah. We should I can really talk about those tracking numbers, that stuff more. Very yeah. important figure. I'd say that, because then I would say it changes, right? That would change the need for imaging too, I think, yeah. is like, if you, if you're now basically the, the ortho walk-in clinic, yeah, you need the ability to do those things. But it's like yeah. when you're when you're working with people that their MOI was six months ago, probably a little less valuable yeah. to have that in in that case, you know. Yeah, because dude that I emailed on Monday, he's basically direct access. I don't know how he went about it. He had some long, long kind of convoluted story on how he got a referral from a physician with Mayo. So all the way across the state, but has never really seen him. It's just a call placed. You know, for kind of mid thoracic pain. So, um, I'd say, yeah, you're right. My volume is nowhere near as high as it used to be, but uh, from a percentage standpoint, it's a lot more direct access with people who have just, you know, gotten over the years and want to do a just want to request that or um, repeat business, you know, word of mouth thing. So, yeah, I, I think it's, think I think there's value to it. I think I think as I've said it already, I feel like I'm beating the drum too much, but. I'd love to be able to, I mean, I'd love to be able to have that to support it in the right situation. And, um, you know, it only brings value to what we do and what we claim to be. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it is, you know, it just, I don't see that overutilization very much. Cause I would say in the last well, three years, I probably have two patients I can think of that I, you know, probably caught on red flags, yeah. um, that I had to send out for imaging. One was the DVT this week. Um, and then the other was, uh, Cotta uh, equina, um, but we, and both were both. She was positive for cotta equina, and he was positive for DVT. So I mean, wow, you know, it was good catches, and um, you know, so I mean, we do our due diligence. I mean, it's you know yep. not like uh, just be willy nilly, you know. I had a rotator cuff tear one time. Um, had a hip fracture one mm-hmm. time. Post she had a. Um, THA she was like maybe nine months out and came in and just wasn't really just had a really rough presentation wasn't even able to move it so we got her referred back and sure enough she had a fractious stem kind of loosened up and and I think the shaft kind of spiral fractured too we had one of those situations and when I was back in the hospital wasn't my patient but a co-worker caused it you caused it it wasn't me no you was the upset you're reckless I just, I don't refuse, I refuse to see those people. (laughs) That's send everybody else in to see the troublemakers. No, but it was kind of same thing. She was walking and she's like, this doesn't feel right. Snapping (laughs) hips and cracking necks. (laughs) Yeah. I'm catching red flags left and right, Nick. I, 
Gosh, I'm trying, yeah, I'm thinking now too. I bet I've sent probably six or seven people out for ultrasounds for DVTs. None of them think thankfully have been positive. See, you're, but, you're an over you're an over. Yeah, you're the problem, Jeremy. Great. Yeah, you know, in the in the <laughs> ten years that I've been a PT, I've sent seven people out. I mean, it's just I'm just sending them left and right. Swollen and red. Well, I'll show you. <laughs> but I always say, and well, in that, right? An ultra, you know, doing a Doppler ultrasound isn't like we're ordering a freaking <laughs> MRI from yeah. a cost standpoint. You know, like yeah. that's oh yeah, that probably costs like hundred bucks. Yeah. You guys oh. ever, what do you, we didn't even touch on this, but what do you guys think about like diagnostic ultrasound from a PT standpoint? You know, like that's the thing PTs do now. I've heard it's yeah. a nice, nice uh, revenue generator. <laughs> yeah. I think that's it all good... I know about it. Is <laughs> I can make money doing it. But I don't know if it helped my practice very much. Well, it's, it's interesting in, in how many research studies have used that to assess for, they've used it to assess tendon tears, but also, mm. you know, muscle thickness changes. Yeah. And, like like abdominal just... walls. <gasps> We got a visitor. We got a guest on the pod. That's my little blondie. Yeah, it, uh, no, yeah, it's whenever I see those studies, it's always yeah, like tendon thickness change, morphology change, uh, multifidus fatty deposits, you know, and it is it, like that stuff seems like even more more of a reach than what we're doing with the other stuff to find issues, you know. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, how, how are you showing success with uh, with treatment? Well. Their uh, fatty deposits in their multifidi have shrunk a little. And, and it's interesting because I did like a, a mini research study with the University of Jamestown on that, just uh, with some of our back pain patients. And they brought their laptop based. Uh, mm. Yeah, I, that's the Jimmy's on the horse. <laughs> so but yeah that, i mean it was cool like they had this little ultrasound head that just plugged into their laptop and it was kind of you know fun to sit there and watch them do it because they you know they walked me through what they were looking at with the patient and you know this is the yeah. multifidus this is you know rector spine or whatever like it just looked like black and gray lines to me but i, see, I, think, I think it's well, all, i think it's so great to have additional tools these are disposal. Uh, it's up to you and how do you use them yeah, I mean, it's yeah. like I said, it's cool, but I, you know, clinically, I just, I just didn't see necessarily the utility of it. Give I mean, me an I can ROI, see, Doling. Yeah, I can see, you know, yeah. from a research standpoint, Fair. but there's a lot That's of cool great. things I'd love to have in the clinic, but I'm never going to. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> listen to you chew my butt on the ROI. Well, what? Those are, that's probably 20 grand. You know, and that yeah. they they were actually doing that study to try to justify the low cost because that I think that ultrasound laptop combo was probably like a thousand bucks, and then the company was trying to uh, validate some of the accuracy of it and try to get the cost down even further. There, Jeremy, you know? one thousand dollars, and they were looking oh, at making one. Gosh. Scrooge McDuck still doing his first quarter. Yeah, their next step then is to make ones that would just plug into your phone. So you just have to buy the the head and the software. Um, yeah. Stand the next step. So, I mean, a monthly subscription. Yeah, probably. I'm <laughs> sure. Think about that. Think about how cool it would be though. All those times, like I don't know, I'm I'm kind of a nerd for that stuff, and I still visualize you the are. netter. I visualize the netter in my head when I'm like working on people and like which muscles should be firing. Wouldn't it be great to be able just to I bring it out transiently and like assess it. it? All those trigger points you could see with that. All those trigger points oh, you could see it. Yeah. You could watch the needle ultrasound guided right dry needling. <laughs> yeah. What? Oh, you, you know what though? 
Casey. Mike, Mike drop Casey. That might be a come to Jesus moment for Dolan when he's got the ultrasound there. He's like, there's no trigger point. <laughs> what? what did I do? What did I do? Yeah. Then I'll just stop. <laughs> His brain yeah, explodes. The ultrasound explodes. It's all no. bringing us closer to the truth. <laughs> Fine. True. The let's, truth let's is always test, 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 test. Let's see it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, I, I, I've, I've gone back and forth on it, but it's I, a slippery I, I slope think, the other way, though, right? I think I have Keep... settled on the, the the lack of clinical utility with those. It would more be a toy. I would be playing with the kind Keep of look. Followed, at. But you know, the scare. I'm just gonna say I'm gonna make an argument against the, that other point, like the. And maybe this isn't exactly who he is, but like the Adam Meekins of the world where oh, they just him. kind of deconstruct <laughs> everything in the world of therapy to the point of like, then what the hell are we really doing? Then why don't we just all retire? Why don't we find another career then? If nothing that we do is We're, proven to be effective by every single RCT out there. Yeah, no, no, there's balance, right? Yeah. It doesn't feel like that balance exists in our profession right now. It does. Like you either got, oh yeah, it's still a got your old timers sure. that are like kind of drinking the cultist shit. And then you got these, this new wave that's like, well, nothing really works. You know, look at this. I'm going to shit on this video. Watch this. I'm going to crap all over it. Oh, you know what? I, I, this I is the dumbest thing ever. You know what I would say is, I, I don't <clears> think it, to me, how I take it, it's not that nothing nothing really works but it's the understanding that nothing works all the time mm-hmm. that's always my problem with yeah. systems it's like that's, well yeah. you, you just gotta do this you just do this for every patient it's good it's like that's just not reality right like no and, no, and the ability to to think outside of the box you know do you and, think that there's there's a loud enough voice for people who think that way or there's enough of us out there you know i i do think that is where he's coming from. Honestly, this is how I take it. It's not to say like, let's okay. blow this up. Nothing works. But it's just the idea. I have to... never seen a positive video on his. On his <laughs> take one of his courses. He's been on his, uh, his, uh, his stupid stuff rant for a while. It's just a rant. The rants, like, I don't you got to get people to watch you. Yeah. Some of it I totally get. We showed like the liver manips one time and it's like, yeah, that stuff's garbage, right? Mm. But yeah. But you know some of the other stuff, it's it's like come on, like yeah. you gotta you gotta just he's just out there to question. I think Greg Layman does the same thing. Like you got question. Yep. Although Greg Layman yeah. has really, I think, mellowed out <laughs> quite a bit in the last few years. But I, you know, we say this too when we teach. Is I probably said this on before where kids are like, why do we learn all this stuff when like none of it matters, right? Like every you teach us stuff and then you go, but the research says you know we can't support it or it's low evidence for this, and it's like well. We need you guys to realize that it's not that none of it matters. It's that like all of it matters, right? Like, yes, correct. Like this specific rotator cuff test in a vacuum probably doesn't matter. You combine that with presentations and social determinants of health and lifestyle and like start to create a picture of how to treat this person successfully. This person. Agreed. We're more alike than we like to admit, aren't we? Yeah, I yeah. think yeah, it's, we we argued for the, the fun of arguing, but um, it, it's just yeah, I think we're all arriving, and and I would think like Jeremy says, I think the Adam Meekins of the world arrive at a very similar destination that we arrive at too. It's just how do you how what's your persona? What what do you do to get there? But I do think okay. it is good to question some of the assumptions we've had in our profession yeah. for thirty. I think questioning is just fine. Yeah, 
And we still have, gosh, we still have, again, but I'll so go back. Many. I think, you know, again, I like that you said persona, though, because these yeah. guys are all establishing themselves as, like, you know, their own unique social media presence, mm-hmm. you know, it's well, about I dare followers, the views, stuff like yeah. that. Because I, I dare to bet he makes more money on Instagram than he does as PT. Completely, yeah. It's the same. So, it's the same argument the other way with like Kelly Starrett that I used to dog on you about for yeah. the last few years. You know, he's so he's kind of Bro, on the other end where he's willing to try anything wanna, and double, don't wanna, double, don't double, live double, in the cave. Don't freaking smash. live in the pain cave, man. That's I want to go in the pain cave. No, you don't. I want to live in the pain cave. Uh, because uh, once you live there, I, then it's home. It's comfortable. I need, you I'm know fine. Yeah, then you then you're fine with it. Yeah, that's right? all. That's like, pain cave. Those are, pain cave. <laughs> those are all about like David. Yeah, but that's Where special people. Is, those are like the David Goggins things, the, the Cameron Haynes thing. Cameron to Walter, like live in the pain cave, get used to it. Yeah. And nothing can hurt you. Yeah. I would say he's a special breed. Goggins is a special God, There's breed. more than just Goggins, but they're like, yeah. cool. like man, there's they're some ones out there small. that push yourself. Maybe yeah. that's, man, I'm not, I keep shifting all the time and I'm not afraid to like, change some of what i'm verbing to patients too and mm, had a guy yeah, today but... where I, I i literally called out my dude today at noon like he's he's talking to me about how he you know really was on this real uh distance endurance biking kick for so long but then his his buddy like moved fargo and yeah just haven't been able to do it that since then i'm like well that's your problem you gotta you gotta find it internally you know you gotta be willing to push yourself because you can't rely on other people to push you all the time mm. Ooh. You know what, though? I have no doubt that you presented that in a very uh, eloquent and articulate way, you know, and matched it to the patient. No, it matched it to the patient, right? Because we talk about that, right? Like how you can you can talk like, bro, or you might be like, well, uh, I also enjoyed the soft hits of uh, 78. I do. You wouldn't believe what was number one in July. But I'm genuine that way. I legitimately do. Yeah, I would just say, like, you you have that ability. Like, I can say I've seen it, right? Like, so, but I think too much, right? Like, they, the polarizing views, I think, like, you called me Hurricane Jeremy. One (laughs) time. That was a decade ago. Yeah, but uh, here's what I would say is, like, I think some people live there, right? This is what the research says. This is wrong. This is this is wrong. Like yeah. I've I've heard it multiple times, like throughout the years. Like people like arguing with patients over ultrasound or over um, mm-hmm. whatever it is. Like and it's like you are losing that person over a six minute treatment. You know, right? Like yeah, yeah. You 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 lost that person. You lost that ability. Right? Like it was. Like if, I'll first. say this, especially if you make them feel really dumb. Correct. You know, yeah. one of my favorite things is like I said, like the the longer I practice, it, it's pretty freaking awesome. Like how well people know their own bodies. Like I'll compliment people like that all the time. I'm like, yeah, you're spot on. Like you know, like hey, like this is exactly what I'm looking at too. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah. and it is like people do have a pretty good idea and like. Over and over and over again, you hear, no one listens to me. Uh, I told mm-hmm. them this. They said I was crazy, right? Like, it's just like, 
You know what Such fires a... me up? You know what really fires me up, dude? What, I'm just what, gonna, what gets you? I'm going to be positive here. In I'm like the last, Literally, in the last two weeks, I've had, I think, four or five patients, four for sure, who've all come back <clears throat> on a subsequent visit and told me that they've re-engaged in like some form of a fitness program. After yeah. whether it was our eval or a follow visit, because it's about like empowering people. We need to be moving towards empowering people to take control over their lives, take control over whatever impairments they got. Yeah. Um, and let us just kind of guide them on that journey. Yeah. You know, not be shackled by like we've talked about imaging, but you know, imaging can also, if you educate people the right way and the honest way, it can be an empowering thing too. Like you're tough as hell. Like, right. You might have these things, but you're fine. I still can't believe you're not uh, like you're walking. I still can't believe <laughs> how you walked in here, but you know, you are so tough. Gear. I you're can't believe you're walking. <laughs> so strong. So strong. You're almost as strong as He-Man. <laughs> oh, <laughs> the master of the universe. The master. You know, I, I see things where they say He-Man stronger than the Incredible Hulk. Well, lots we'll of people know. argue about that. He man supposedly the strongest person in the universe. Yeah, well, that, was a good discuss- that was a MC joyful discussion. I like yeah. it. It's good. Thanks yeah. for teeing that up, gentlemen. Good fire. Good fire. We'll have to keep it going. We'll have to find another one. Um, so this week, top five, 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 five is our favorite cartoon series growing up. Yeah, yeah, just a fun little throwback uh, to kind of a lost generation, lost time. Um, no other criteria than just that. Like, what what is your top favorite? And uh, I know I went last last week. I can go first. I can go in the middle. I mean, how are you guys feeling about your lists? I can uh, I can go first. I don't think I ever go first. I feel like I'm always the. Uh... I'll go middle. Jeremy Sandwich. I was going to go middle. I went last last time. <laughs> oh, you went last. Put, put oh, me I'll, the, I'll go put last. Put me in between you two. Hosts. Oh, I love going last. <laughs> Plenty of time to talk garbage then. <laughs> and we'll listen We'll listen intently for like seven minutes while you break it down. Yeah. yeah. You do. You guys both have great breakdowns. I'm not... I'm not I can't remember this far back, this, so it was just. Oh, struggle. this was animated by Hanna Barbera. <laughs> <laughs> Hanna Barbera, then transferred over to Filmation, I believe, in like 1984. Ooh, Hanna Barbera, that was a Filmation not a great company. Oh, excuse me, they're in my, they're in my top five. All right, Jeremy, what's your number five, my brother? Uh, my number five is uh, Ducktales. Woo-hoo. Do, 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 do. Uh, that's what I had in my notes. <laughs> oh, I stole it from you. You weren't talking about it. <laughs> <You're> sorry. <laughs> it literally says DuckTales. Woo-hoo. Woo-hoo. <laughs> Great theme song. Uh, and always so much adventure packed into each episode. Um, I don't know if you guys ever dreamed about, like, in your backyard, having a silo full of gold coins that you could dive into. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it seemed like very realistic as a kid, but now as an adult, I'm like, you just break your neck diving It'll in. Kill you to dive <laughs> right. in. Scrooge McDuck made that look so smooth, and he'd like swim in it, right? And you're like, this looks sick. Hey, uh, what was the name of the the second richest duck in the world? Ooh, I don't remember the because Scrooge was Scottish, and the other guy was Irish, right? <laughs> 
Uh, oh, we should produce that. Yeah, produce that's it. good stuff. Produce it. <clears throat> great stuff. Huey, Dewey, and Louie. I mean, they were the great drivers of that show. Right? Weren't they the ones always kind of like getting into the shenanigans? And yeah, injury? right. Scrooge was just Flint. the enabler. Flint Hart Glumgold. Flint Hart Glumgold. <laughs> I would have never guessed that, that actually. That's great. <laughs> that doesn't that sound familiar is he, at all. Is he Irish? Is he... I believe so. He wore a kilt, if I'm remembering correctly. Okay, so he could have been Scottish as well. Yeah, uh, but but the other character I loved in there was uh, Gizmo Duck. Yeah, remember that Blather like, Blatherskite. Yeah, gosh, what a magic good. words. Yep. Did so Dark Did Darkwing Duck spin off of that too? Oh come on! Don't steal on my list here. Just oh, leave sorry. It. sorry. Leave it lie. <laughs> okay, that's an awesome show. Awesome show. Yeah, it's definitely on my short list for sure. It is. Uh, it's on my short list too. It didn't make my top five, but it's it's on the short list. It was right there. Great, great one. Anything more you want to add on that? No, I rest my case. All right. Case rested. All right. Video my game was great as well. By the way, my number five was. Uh, my number five. Yes. Was, was only number five because of its short-lived run. And Casey and I have had some dialogue about this offline, <laughs> or technically online, but not online here. Don't tell me it's number five. From 1985 is oh. The Adventures of John Blackstar. Oh, Blackstar, only five? My, my favorite Native American astronaut who traveled through, <laughs> through a warp zone and ended up on a, in a different dimension and world. Was your evil second favorite? Lord. Native American astronaut that traveled through time. I gotta get, gotta get back. Yeah, that one. <laughs> John Blackstar is awesome. Super cool show. Uh, kind of predates He-Man. There's a lot of similarities there with the mythology and the star sword and the power sword being kind of separated out. Just a cool show if you haven't seen it. It only made one season. Um, somehow, my a lot of this too, and you'll hear a recurring theme, was based on my brothers, my, especially my older brother and I having different VHS copies of this stuff. And <laughs> that was really how we how we watched this, these these shows um, and got used to them that way. So I never knew until I became an adult that it only lasted one season because I thought it was awesome. And I uh, had little little trobits that helped him out. They were basically hobbits. We talk about ripping off, you know, <laughs> Tolkien, but... Um, just a cool show. Good versus evil. Every episode. Yeah. Did you exclusively fits. digest this in VHS format? Correct. I do have a DVD of it. Ooh. I found on eBay. Uh, <laughs> gosh, that's 20 years ago already too. Yeah. Somebody, yeah, somebody I, transferred it. And it's just like a homemade DVD transfer. It's got the whole season. Media the VHS DVD ever. combo. VHS. Yeah. yeah, it That's was one of those, um, we, we watched a lot of, they were called Just for Kids. Uh, it was like a VHS company that took a lot of weird shows and put them in compilations like that. Okay. And yeah, that's where I first found out about uh, that show as well. I, I enjoyed it. It was a kind, of, kind of cool, 85 to have like Native American lead, you know, like uh, mm-hmm. it was a little different. Yeah. Um, so, and, and I guess I'd have to go back and watch it because I haven't watched it since I was a kid, but I don't, it wasn't like overly stereotyped, was it? No, no, he's just a stud leader. Yeah, yeah. right. I mean, it wasn't, they didn't play on that really at all, did they? Yeah. No, not necessarily. Not that I can recall, anyways. And yeah. I've rewatched some of it with my boys just to see, and they, they like it too. I mean, they kind of dig, and that'll again be another recurring theme that I bring up. It's like 
how well this stuff holds up over time and then when you re- rewatch with your kid do they like it or not does it carry over mm-hmm. so it did it, you know a couple of the episodes especially there's just some fun fun stuff in there cool all right all right case I'm what's familiar your with it yeah, What's so number my number five, like we said, we didn't have a lot of criteria. So my minimalist criteria was uh, age 12 and under. Uh, so Ooh, I like that. I, think I felt like when I turned too. 13, I, I threw away childish things, became a man. So um, <laughs> this is my growing up stuff. Uh, so that did preclude a, a few shows that probably would have been close on my list, like uh, South Park or Dragon Ball Z. Um, two shows that hit right around the age of 13, 14. So um, my number five ran from 1987 to 1996, and this sucker dominated. Uh, 193 episodes. I was all in every toy every comic book and it was teenage mutant ninja turtles still yeah. can probably sing the theme song saturday morning cartoon we got two channels growing up abc cbs so this was mm-hmm. one of those <laughs> um yeah and i probably watched probably all 193 episodes uh i just recently bought uh all however many seasons on dvd for my kids uh we throw it in the car on long road trips so what do you yeah. think about the movies uh, like the live action ones. Yeah. Up. Oh, I love them. Yeah, those are great, yeah. man. I and then how about the new ones? Um, not so much. I don't think I hate them as much as other people. Um, just because yeah. I've probably absorbed Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in lots of different mediums from yeah comic they've, books they've to all of, the different series. Long, they've had a lot of etiologies and a lot of yeah. a life. I mean, they've really lasted. They came back as form. a new animation too, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, I'm not as like, much of a fan of that where they're in like the future now. It's almost like oh, a Teen uh, Titans Go version of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Um, and I don't like that as much because I like my Ninja Turtles a little serious. Um, yeah, there were some be. cool. There were some cool concepts in that in that first run. Definitely the Generation One run. Yeah, yeah and, and and I will say probably the only reason it's not higher on my list because I loved the show as a kid was uh, now going back and watching it with my kids. I'm like, oh man, this is a a little cheesier than I remember. Like I, I thought it was such like no, awesome karate, cheese is good. sword fighting, and like I thought they were did these awesome things, and then you realize like they never like use their weapons at all in the cartoon, and you know they maybe hit a fire hydrant with a bow staff, and that was like yeah. the extent of you know, it, you know? And then they like, they retired and they ate pizza after that. <laughs> yeah, live live long lives. Um, my kids still do, and, my kids and their friends will still debate over like which one they'd want to be, right? Which is the coolest? Really? Like, which one? That's that's fun. Like I and they're always and they're like, Dad, which one are you? I'm like, I'm a Leo guy, and then and maybe Raph, you know. Yeah, I picture like, you as a Raph guy. I was always a Donatello kid. Same core. You you said that. You're yeah. a Donatello? Yeah. Oh, me. Yeah. You're you're a Leo. Come on. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna crumple uh, the peer pressure. I would have went with Rat King myself if I was guess what you were. Fletcher. What? He's a radical rat. <laughs> you know, what what, uh, what villain would you be? Yeah. Oh, out of that show? Yeah. Mm. Super I would have either been Bebop or Rocksteady. You have such a self-effacing personality. (laughs) (laughs) A Bebop or Rocksteady. I I will say. (laughs) You're you're so smart. You're you're a Baxter Stockman. That's nice. If you want to, if you like nostalgia, like the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, though, uh, when Nickelodeon redid it with the 3D, um, probably mid 2000s, which is a far superior show, actually. 
near the end, like the last mm-hmm. season, they do one where they actually bring the turtles from the original cartoon from an alternate dimension in with them. What? And it's so fun because they play on the fact that like they actually didn't know any ninja moves. And like uh, Shredder comes from the old series into the new series because oh. the new series at that point, Shredder's already dead. So this Shredder comes in and he tries to get like Bebop and Rocksteady to, you know, work for him. And he just like was it still voice by Uncle Phil? Yep, yep. They bring all the original voice actors back, and it's funny because Raphael's voice from the original show does Donatello in the new show, so they play on that too. Like, oh, you sure sounds stupid. That's deep. That's some inside inside pool. (laughs) Um, Yeah, but yeah, it's so funny. So like Shredder's like telling Bebop and Rocksteady, you know, like just berating them like he did in the original cartoon and these guys are like we're not gonna take this like we're in a union and they just beat the crap out of them because they're <laughs> like in a union <laughs> they like actually Whatever. don't fight. so they just destroy him and he's you know it's so it's so it's tongue-in-cheek it's funny it's clever oh that's a cool it's like two episodes it's like a back-to-back episode thing if you got hulu or no it's on <laughs> netflix now they moved over to netflix just watch it for those two episodes. Yeah. It's super it. funny. You'll laugh. If you like the original cartoon, you'll laugh just how they play yeah. on it. Because like Shredder and Krang, Krang comes to, and they, you know, they tell ah. all these jokes and they just laugh Krang. at their own jokes. Yeah. Oh, evil so brain. The new Bebop and Rockstar. Like, are, why are they laughing? What are they laughing at? Like, it's just funny. <laughs> cool. And also a great video game. Totally. That's a whole nother. We've done this, but we almost got to do that again. Yeah, we'll have to do an arcade one. Yeah, they uh, Ooh, just came out it. with a. They just came out with a new like uh, Ninja Turtle side scroller on Steam. That's like kind of like that would be the third. That's one what my son to, my Connor told me that. Yeah. Yeah, it's supposed to be yeah, awesome. They, they also I saw some ads for like what they call like the Kawabunga pack or something. So they've reformat, repackaged all the original games, like every Ninja Turtles game, and but it all fits on like your PS5 disc or whatever it is so cool that's my number five great choice great choice j-bone um my number four this probably would have been right around the time Nah, it was before that um i i hadn't hit 12 yet i don't think but uh animaniacs Mm. Uh, oh yeah yeah yakko wacko and dot (laughs) (laughs) they were crazy to the max um no, it was just like kind of the the uh, tiny tunes, like kids WB era. Mm-hmm. Um, again, one of the, one of the only, and this is why I feel like I don't have many older cartoons because I don't think we even had any type of TV until I was like seven or eight or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, that was one of the uh, one of the channels that we got. So no, I can't I can't foreshadow it some of the other tunes that were in that but that was just a great afternoon block uh just fun just all over the place um yeah because like pinky in the brain was animaniacs that wasn't tiny tunes right they came from that the pigeons came from animaniacs right yeah they had like a lot of cool side characters that's right yeah yeah they did yeah i I, I can't comment on that because it might be late (laughs) yeah i yeah animaniacs a lot of adult humor you know, like that, like uh, wise kind of tongue-in-cheek, yeah. innuendo humor that you probably didn't catch at all of it as a kid, but it was just wild. They were insane. It was, broke the fourth wall all the time, which I think Tiny Toons kind of did yeah. too. Yeah. yeah, I was a huge fan. Animaniacs, because I think they came on right after Tiny Toons. It was like a one-two combo. It was, and then yeah, you're right. Pinky and the Brain was right in there too. So it was just yeah. a nice like hour and a half of 
or two hours of goodness every afternoon. So. Yeah, that like uh, that magical three to five. Three to <laughs> <get> home, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Great choice. Yeah, they, did you watch the revival? I think they just came back, right? You know, uh, I did not yet. Um, I don't know if that I was should. Cool. I just said I have not watched cartoons in forever. Like uh, when when you brought this up, and I was just like thinking back, I was like, man, there were. I used that was the that was the jam. So, um, yeah, I need to check it out. Cool. All right, so I watch we'll... his cartoons now. My, my son's <laughs> six. That's like the perfect age. That is perfect. That's yeah. great. Kids' cartoons uh, nowadays, pretty sweet, actually. <laughs> I will say some of the new stuff's pretty solid. I got a lot. I got a lot of uh, Peppa the Pig right now. So Peppa the Pig. <laughs> You'll, move on. You'll move beyond. She's on the short list. <laughs> not did not make mine. No. Um, my number four was. G.I. Joe, the real American hero. Mm. Um, gosh, really, I mean, growing up, that that was driven, and who knows, maybe it's more nostalgic for me, driven by the toys that I had. Oh, yeah. That was pretty sweet. Some of the best well, commercials in on Saturday morning. Cartoon. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, these kids I lived in a rainforest. I know. <laughs> yeah. So mad I could never and, buy the sets they had. My, my friend Ryan and his buddy Eric or his brother Eric had like the most extensive collection of G.I. Joe toys. It was so much fun to go over there and just like <laughs> set everything up in battle. It was awesome. But the yeah. show itself was awesome, felt important. You had a clear delineation of good versus evil again, G.I. Joe versus Cobra, <laughs> and um lots of diverse characters. Um, on both sides of the fence and then you had good messages at the end you know that yeah. they're the ones that really stuck out to me there there's there's a couple of shows that did that but this one mm-hmm. for sure you know they try to teach you a life lesson which i think is is awesome oh, and Joe. um and i know it might be corny by today's standards but i think there's value in that i think it's good to have values and to reiterate that and then finally a very sneakily underrated movie that I feel is very, very good. Gentlemen have not seen it. Um, yeah, that movie hit me hard because, like, was it uh, Hawk Duke? One of them dies right away, right? Duke, Duke, Duke. Yeah. yeah. And then yeah. Cobra Commander turns into an actual Cobra. Right? Yeah, he get, there's a lot of <laughs> mutation stuff going yeah. on there. That's a heavy Galo- movie. Galobulus. Between awesome. that and the Transformers movie. Let's not get ahead of ourselves, Casey. But was yeah. a load as a kid to handle it, those two movies. You're right. They went darker. And, yeah, and obviously darker. the knock on that, too, was that the, both those movies were kind of well, their cash grabs and also attempts to kind of um, I guess, hit a reset button on some of the action figure lines and then mm, have yeah. new characters to kind of sell. Yeah. Um, but it was still sweet new villains. Galabius was an awesome villain in that cartoon um, in the movie. Voiced by Burgess Meredith. Mm. As no Burgess, right? Rocky's train. Yeah. He was the guy. He's Mickey, Rocky's trainer. Mm. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> Good stuff. Don Johnson was the main guy, too. Came as Flint. Mm. So that's my number four. G.I. Joe, the real American hero. Did you that's- guys have any favorite uh, favorite uh, toys growing up? Like characters, toys wise? 
Oof, we might have to do a top five on that. I don't want to spoil yeah, it. We just might have to. <laughs> but yes, of course. I don't know. I, I, can, I don't know if I can. But if we're talking just straight GI Joe, it's definitely Snake Eyes. I mean, okay. Snake Eyes was like the coolest. He was the coolest GI Joe. Everybody like yeah. everybody wanted. My favorite Joe. was Bazooka. Really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, the, like, it's the probably vehicle. one of the only ones I own. I, I always wanted the vehicles. The vehicles were like where it was all at. Uh, they were, and that was they so were, expensive. Like, expensive. But they were yeah, probably yeah. like twenty bucks back then, which is like the price of a toy now for my kids, like the cruddy toys. But they seemed they so unattainable. Creative. Like when you look back, the creativity behind some of those vehicles was just really cool too. I do have a sad GI Joe toy story. Um, I forget the guy's Aww. name, Nick. I'm sure you'll know. Uh, who's me. the dude that could like? Uh, I don't know if he could change skin color, change his appearance. Yeah, yeah. Start with a Z, uh, I think. Um, Zart, Zart, not Zartan. Zoltan. 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 Um, Zoltan. Yeah. Another uh, movie. Underrated the, the, comedies. So the toy, <laughs> the toi, if you set him in the sun, he went from like normal GI yes. Joe color to like dark. Yes. So I was like, how dark can this guy get? So we had like this crawl space. <laughs> Don't ask, guys. So we had this crawl space and... We had the light bulb like in the side of the wall because I don't know, we wired it that way. So I was like, so I turned the light bulb on, I set him on the light bulb, and I'm like, let's, Aww, let's easy bake up in this thing. See how, oh yeah, I came back like half an oh, hour. Yeah. It was just a pile of melted plastic. Aww. I was like, oh, Zartan. No! <laughs> Zartan. He did yeah. not get very dark, actually. You're so got melty. much melty. So yep. that was super, Those are good. super and sad. And the movies weren't terrible. I mean, for what they are, they're really not all that bad. So, like the new all ones right. or the cartoon ones. Uh, the new I still haven't seen Snake Eyes, but I saw those. That was, that was decent. Yeah, it looks so. Like it's in my Prime Watch list, so gotta get to it someday. <laughs> Ooh, right, Casey four? Case. All right. Yeah. Nineteen eighty-six to nineteen ninety-one. One hundred and forty episodes. Uh, this, if you're talking toy lines, probably my one of my favorites. If we did a top five, I won't reveal the exact number. Uh, would be the real Ghostbusters. This Ooh. this thing was good. Um, you know, it, it was a little inconsistent. It the first two seasons are awesome. Uh, the rest of it kind of gets a little lackluster. They brought in a company after the first two seasons to try to make it better, um, and they really geared it towards children. That's when it kind of made uh, the switch to Slimer and the real Ghostbusters, and they started to do those weird like side stories with Slimer and like the cat and stuff. Um, yeah. But the first two seasons are so good. Uh, there's so many awesome episodes I could think of. Um, the Halloween episodes with Sam Hain. He was super creepy. Mm. Um, the Boogeyman, still, Boogie if I Man watch those episodes. Was, I have him was on, like the best. Yeah, have him on Prime. That guy's voice. I, I don't know offhand who did his voice, but that dude like awesome. created the most terrifying voice in the world. And and I was a little afraid of the dark as a kid. So like the, the idea of a head popping out of the closet was just horrifying. Yeah. And if you look at a list of like the top 10, like creepiest scenes in the Ghostbuster cartoon, there are some that were not for kids. <laughs> like mm-hmm. that's some pretty good writers too. You know, if you look yeah, at they the, set good tension. Yeah. yeah uh, the writer lists were people that went on to do some pretty good writing in series later on. So um yeah it was just it was awesome the characters were great peter vagman egon i was an egon guy no surprise mm-hmm. being a donatello guy kind of that same thing which ghostbusters would you be uh not a lot of people not a lot of winston folk uh in north oh, dakota careful you know? careful i was a winston guy you were a winston guy 
I was like a Winston slash Peter, and they let Winston breathe on the show. I mean, yeah, he, he, got, he, he had a lot more. more to do on the show, which um, is sweet because the no, I'm a Peter bank. Yeah, yeah, you're a Peter, hundred percent. But like, it's funny, like uh, <laughs> the guy that actually did Winston in the movies auditioned for the cartoons, and they went with Arsenio Hall instead. Yeah, that's what right, a Arsenio. Slap yeah. in the face, right? Poor like, Ernie Hudson. Yeah, like I'm literally <laughs> that guy. Like, you won't cast me, and they're like, yeah, Arsenio's more likable. Um, oh. so yeah that's my number four man i could yeah. wax Go away on, on stories right? from there yeah there's so many good episodes <laughs> that sit with me probably you know yep. and that's probably why it's above ninja turtles is there's probably not a lot of like single episodes of ninja turtles where i'm like oh that episode was so good um it was just the idea of it where ghostbusters i could tell you 10 20 every, episodes every probably. episode felt kind of important right yeah and it, it was yeah. cool story and you just never do you know <laughs> I wouldn't say there was a lot of filler. What are you laughing about? Don't choke on your wine if, while you if cackle. Every, if everybody, if anybody can give importance, <laughs> every episode felt kind of important. The kid, yeah. it did. Shut up, yeah. Jeremy. Just go to your number three. But yeah, it's a, you know, when you a say that, though, like no, when you, I love it. I when love you it. watch it, there's like an animation variability between like the first two seasons anyways. And that's because they did like because the second season of Ghostbusters is 56 episodes. Um, oh, yeah. So they oh. hammered out a ton of episodes. So what they did was they they took all the scripts and picked out the stories like they thought were the best. And they sent those to like a well-known animation company. And then the rest of them they sent overseas to like China or Japan to like these lower grade animation companies too. just to bust them out. So when you watch those first two episodes, first two seasons, that's why some episodes look quite a bit different than other ones. So uh, just a interesting okay. side yeah because you think he, like 56 episodes in a year that's crazy yeah that's more you, than one a week right how uh, do you know that the, the i love that <laughs> i love that this <laughs> is great so that's my I, number four i knew i was gonna get some like next level analysis like, yeah and, and i'm like cartoons yeah and i'm like i'm scratching my brain to be like what did i watch again yeah you're like what? Uh, <laughs> But that uh, segues into my number three. Actually, New Kids on the Block. Darkwing Duck. Darkwing. Uh, it was kind of like, right? Wasn't it kind of like Disney's Batman? Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, Drake Millard and Launchpad McQuack. Like, Launchpad uh, McQuack. I mean, that was cool. Like, he was mild-mannered at home and then just... Let's get dangerous, right? Yeah, let's yeah. get dangerous. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. They had uh, awesome villains. Just they did. Cool, but cool they, villains. But that was not, if if memory serves me correctly, too, I feel like that was only on for like a couple of years, too. Like, I don't know how many episodes yeah. or what, what animation studio it went to. But that was like, in my mind at least, like it was a super short-lived kind of run. Um. It'd be Disney, that. right? I mean, that'll still be it, a Disney yeah. property. Yeah. Yep, yep. So, and I think that was some of the first like Disney that the, channel that, that we had. Was gotten. Ducktales the introduction of Gizmo Duck, or was it Darkwing Duck? So, I think Gizmo Duck originally guarded the money silo. Okay. Right. Got I it. Think, but then I think he had a larger role, if memory serves me correctly, on. On, yeah. uh, cartoons yeah. so different back then so it was on for two years 91 and 92 it? but it was Dang. 91 episodes 
for two really? over two years. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's a, every day. Another fun fact is it when you signed up for these cartoons, um, if you chose to just be a network only cartoon, you had to go through ABC, NBC, whatever, and you had to do their ways and means. Um, but if you went directly to syndication, which is what Ghostbusters mm-hmm. did, and I'm guessing what Darkwing Duck did, you yeah, got yeah. to bypass all that ways and means so they could make episodes way faster because they didn't have to go through this whole process. So that's why you did see a lot of cartoons in that time frame put out a Just ton a of episodes years. in a short time because they yeah. all went direct to syndication because yeah. cable was getting big. You know, well, Syndication it, was huge back then mm-hmm. yeah. in all platforms. Which it is interesting too. And that, that's how I probably consumed a lot of Ghostbusters is I mentioned this on another episode. My, my grandparents had like the big satellite dish. We had one too. <laughs> and, and I didn't realize this, but as kids, we always watch what were called wild feeds. We would, they would just be random channels and they would just play like Ghostbusters nonstop commercial free for hours on end. And I didn't really get it as a kid. And I, as I got older, I thought it was maybe like a copyright thing. Like, well, you have to air episodes to keep your copyright. Um, uh-huh. But what I found out in my research for this is what the wild feeds were was back this. then, um, <laughs> you know, CBS would have lots of local affiliates. You'd have one in Devil's Lake, one in Minot, one in Fargo, mm-hmm. um, but they'd have, you know, Central ABC. And what they found was it was too expensive to ship the because they had to ship physical tapes typically to places if you're going to watch mm-hmm. a show. Okay. So what they yeah. would do is they would put these wild feeds on the satellite. And the stations would record them. Tape them off of it? They would wow. tape them off the satellite. Because if you want, that's Very why the commercial free is you'll find 10 second blanks on those wild oh, yeah. Yep. And that's where the station then would split it apart and put a commercial in. Pause so for station I identification. Didn't, <laughs> I didn't realize that as a kid. So that was cool. So I was watching Ghostbusters before it was even airing live on the networks. Oh, interesting. You they were would, underground before underground. Syndication. Um, and, uh, you know, there were, there were certain shows that still, you know, like a Dallas would still deliver their episodes cause it was, you know, the spoilers and they didn't want people to sneak them off the wild feeds. I mean, that's still illegal to record them and put them, but especially mid nineties when they started, uh, you know, with the internet craze, people were starting to record them and put them on the internet. Mm-hmm. So then they had, yeah. a, that's was kind of the end of wild feeds and they went to digital feeds and stuff, but Wow. Another fun Ooh. episode. Wow. That is a great thing. We have tapped into Casey's passion project. <laughs> wild I, was, was I knew wild this was gonna be big. I big break into syndication. <laughs> we could go out, we could go on a rabbit trail into syndication discussion too, because that was kind of the rebirth of a lot of television sitcoms and stuff in Second Life. Oh yeah. Um, but I'm gonna jump into my number three. It's already been said, Fine. Casey did a great job of deconstructing <laughs> it, but mine was the real Ghostbusters. Oh, legitimately spooky you hit the nail on the head it's so funny that you said those two those two villains because i think the boogeyman had two episodes i think they devoted to him at different times mm-hmm. he came back at one, one point such an awesome villain and um yeah it was what about okay the boogeyman had like the hoof feet yeah. but there's a better villain it was like the grundle do you remember oh, the yeah. grundle who turned the kid into like <laughs> he was trying to create another grundle another grundle like, by turning the kid and that episode was so fantastic one of the creepiest and episodes so the the head writer on that episode he he typically if you follow the first two seasons he did about 25 episodes wrote 25 episodes in the first two seasons they're typically some of the better ones uh-huh. um so when they went with this company that came in and said uh you gotta make this more kid friendly we can't have all the scary stuff he quit 
Um, and then season three, the ratings tanked. And they actually mm. called that writer back and said, we need you to come in and try to save this show. Naturally. And he was like, well, I'm, you know, I'm not going to follow any of the rules. And they went back and forth. And that was the only episode he wrote in episode or in season three was that episode. And then they oh, just really? went. It was they, that late in the show. Yep. And that has a way different tone than the rest of that season. Cause that's one of the darker episodes. Yeah. Um, and yeah. And then they ended up balking on changing all the things that this company had said. So he, that was the only one he did in that season, but it's yeah. by far the best episode in that season. Yeah. Great stuff. You, you hit it. We already dissected it a little bit, but like, they give a chance on that on the television format, even if it's cartoon, it gave every character a little life, a little something to grow with. There's also a funky one where I remember them this sticks out where they were eating potato chips, but the potato chips had a mutagen in them. And uh, <laughs> that wasn't good either. They, I mean, it was all over the place, but really a good show. Um, yeah, the episode massive... where they went into like Walt Fleischman was like the Walt Disney character and he was in like uh-huh. the car- stuck in the cartoon world. And they have to go in with all these cartoon characters and save them. That's a great episode. That's yeah, I was such a massive Ghostbusters fan the way it was in the movies. So mm. I couldn't get enough of it when it came out on, on, you know, cartoon, stuff like that. But it wasn't, I remember it was on some type of channel we did not routinely get. So I would guess I was, was in the same boat. Between. If, it, if it wasn't for the satellite, I, I probably wouldn't. You didn't have the wild feeds. Yeah, you needed the wild kept, feeds. I remember I can still distinctly remember staying at a hotel in Bismarck as a kid and like watching an episode just cheesing because I was so happy I was able to do that, you know. But I, I do remember like the Sam Hain episodes. I remember them airing them on network on Halloween in the evening, like being a big deal because as a kid, oh. I put it on. It was like the one thing I put on my calendar. Seven See, o'clock. And, the, and it had a lot Halloween. of roots. I mean, I'm sure you know this better than me, but it was still like a lot of roots were like rooted in real mythology mm-hmm. i mean yep. real, they had like the whole story of sam sawain was really like you know true to the irish like mythology of it and yeah they did darn bugger kept one slimer i mean he should have just <laughs> yeah. left slimer alone uh yeah they had a lot of cool mythology i mean they did some cthulhu stuff on there they did a yeah. lot of different you know they did um they did even some christian stuff with uh you know breaking the seals and the end of the world uh, they had an episode about yeah. that i mean they some pretty heavy stuff, you know. They did Four Horsemen of Apocalypse, and I there was a lot of stuff that was not off makes the me want to go so. back and rewatch with my kids. Oh, load it <laughs> up, man! You can get it on DVD cheap or get Amazon the wild Prime. feed. Get the get wild, the wild feed. I'm on it. <laughs> What's your number? We three, watched Chase? them all in one weekend. High <laughs> number three, uh, 1992 to 1995. I, I was, this show is phenomenal. Changed how I viewed cartoons as a kiddo. Um, and it's interesting, like it's, uh, boy, it wasn't like directed at kids at the time. It just felt like it was made for like people who loved film and cinema. It was uh Batman, the animated series. Oh uh, yeah. What a great totally show. Blanked on that one. Yeah. yeah. Um, just this dark gritty, you know, you had the, like Tim Burton's Batman, which was like a real gritty You had Frank Miller's comic book, Batman. Um, but then this like animated series took that and it like made that the Batman persona. Um, Mark Hamill's Joker is just, I mean, that mm-hmm. is the Joker for me. Yep. You know, it introduced Harley Quinn, which is now one of the more famous yeah. Batman characters. Yeah. Um, and every episode was like, there was an overarching story. You know, it wasn't a serial deal. Like you kind of follow Batman and these villains would get arrested one episode and four or five later, they'd get busted out because they were still in prison or in Arkham. Um, 
it was just cool and like it humanized the villains too though like not many shows were doing that at that time but you really got to see like what made the joker tick over these episodes and like two-face you got to see that change in him and um it was just cool like it just and you know they pushed the limits uh that was a show where they went back and forth with you know the um editing committee on what you could show on a kid show and you know how intense you could make a kid show and they they let them get away with a lot of it like it was very cool it was um you know i was a big x-men guy uh the x-men cartoon was huge for me and i wasn't a batman guy um but i would say x-men would probably be six on my list but batman definitely stands stands the test of time more than the x-men cartoon um just based on that storytelling's phenomenal if you've ever seen it, uh, give a few episodes a shot, not just to like enjoy it, but just to see like, boy, that was such a change in narrative that has now followed through into uh, shows like Samurai Jack and things like that going forward that were really changed how people, you know, uh, the Spider-Mans, uh, the original Teen Titans, not the Go version, just this serious superhero <laughs> stuff. Um, it was cool. It, it definitely was animation changing, so yeah number three gosh you name drops some things that are kind of making me kick myself a little bit but just like you like i didn't have either of those either batman or x-men on here because i i don't know i was more of a transient fan then but um i viewed it the same way like under 12 under you should be kicking yourself right now (laughs) i am i'm totally doing it you weren't 12 (laughs) at the time that batman came out I would have been. Like 92, right it came out like 92, wasn't it? Yep, 92 to 95. Yeah, so I would have, okay, so I would have been 10, but kind of on That's the two, tail end. In your prime. Yeah, but it didn't hit with me. It didn't stick as quite as much. I had, and again, uh, I had to go to my grandparents to watch it because that was a Fox show, but that Fox yeah. run was so solid. That was X Men. It, it was a good show. I remember, yeah, like, that was X Men and Batman back to back. Yep. And X Men was really solid. X Men had some awesome stories in there best theme song all right is it better than captain planet he's a oh, hero i forgot about it gonna take, take pollution, pollution down, down to zero, zero. <laughs> no, i was gonna say they're pinky and the brain pinky and the brain one is a genius the other is insane, insane. <laughs> the laboratory mice the genes have been spliced. This is your number two. This is Pinky and <laughs> the Brain. Yeah. This, this is, is my number two. And uh, this was right in my my WB wheelhouse. Like, again, you, you talk about 10 being on, like, probably the upside of, like, yeah. your 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 uh, prime, I guess, of cartoon watching. This yeah. was right, right in the middle of mine, like, eight, nine years old. Uh, and, right, like... I, I I did remember this piece and like I was looking at some stuff and I'm like that was definitely one of my jams but like he, I always remember the Pinky are you pondering what I'm pondering <laughs> and and then <laughs> Pinky would always come with like I think so Brain but you know like that was his his lean in right like, yeah if they called them sad meals kids wouldn't buy them right like just always had some freaking drop in there that it's like. You know, obviously he's like yeah. he, he's on the cusp of taking over the world, and Pinky's just in his his own his own world. So, uh, and I definitely said Narf for a while um, <laughs> in my in my younger years. 
So, I mean, like, I don't know. It was just a good, good gig. Uh, again, hit, hit in that like two hour time zone of happiness from like, whether it was two thirty or four thirty or three to five or whatever it was. But, mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's my number two, Pinky in the Brain. Yeah, all that stuff kind of has its origins in like of mice and men too. Yeah. Like the the big the big dumb friend, and then the really smart guy who's always got a plan, you know. And, yeah. yeah, he always there had was, a plan. Never really worked. And that's been used a lot in different cartoons over the years. Yeah. And you know, South Park's lampooned it really, really well too. <clears throat> with you know, even the same exact concept with Nathan, and then his his sidekick. Nimsy, who's always getting him in trouble. Um, <laughs> Nimsy, Nimsy. But uh, yeah, that's the whole other. Uh, uh, yeah, very offensive. <laughs> it's on South Nathan, Park, so it's considering not Nathan, Nathan has Down syndrome and he's super genius, but he's a bad guy. Um, okay, my number two is. He-Man and the Masters of the mm-hmm. Universe. I believe from 83 to like 85. I think it only truly ran like two seasons of this original run. Maybe that was his total run. Um, but awesome show. Again, based on like my early childhood memories and then just being able to rewatch these things on, on VHS like we did um, repeatedly. It might have only been like the same six or seven episodes. Man, we had those things memorized. Loved the hell out of them. Great villain. Skeletor is a Great villain, easy one. You want to try one more surprise. time? <laughs> Jeremy. <laughs> yeah. Hey, man. It's good. Damn you, merman. Better than your Cobra Commander. I, yeah, I was like, true, I want crap true. on your Cobra Commander, <laughs> but the Skeletor is solid. Crap away. Crap away. I've been perfecting the Skeletor one for many years. My kids just love that one, too. <laughs> but, but Adam was Prince of Eternia, his faithful cat, Cringer was uh just needed needed that extra you know oomph to become battle cat and then he was a badass um but yeah the whole cast of characters perfect for a toy line uh, <laughs> yeah. interestingly we had very few of the he-man toys oh, but really? the ones we had god we love them to death um i think my brother had a skeletor i had a he-man well he had he had skeletor and panthor and then i had mm-hmm. he-man and battle cat and it was just like it was on oh uh, that panthor though had like uh like a felt to it or it was it was a felt you know, <laughs> it was it, it was got like a so felt. what is that velvet <laughs> well, it was so disgusting but they after didn't, about but they two didn't, three years of playing with it yeah it all rub <laughs> off most of it would, but but they didn't do that with battle cat they, like you're yeah. plastic yeah. yeah fun fact i still have moss man in one of our plants yeah. here in the house oh yeah moss you want to talk about a gross toy moss <laughs> man has collected a lot of filth in 30 yeah. some years yeah, <laughs> I believe that. Would. yeah my <laughs> wife she was very disgusted by him when i found him at my farm i'm like look it's moss man she's like that mm. is gross i'm like oh you should see yeah. uh panthor yeah but awesome show um as i said super great Dude, this is bad yeah, <laughs> yeah skeletor had his shit. sidekicks you had merman you had um you, you had cyclops you had um merman evil lynn I mean, man. Yeah, yeah I, like you said, just the classic, like, let's bust out a toy line, you know, man at arms, fist or the guy with yeah. the big fist. Like, fist or, yeah. you know, it's like, they just came up with ridiculous Tila. names and made man of arms. Yeah. Yep. But no, I was a big He Man guy too. He was, uh, that's a good show. Yep. 
And they, and they, it was a great intro because the intro just explained everything about it. Mm-hmm. So you could jump in at any point in time, never <laughs> see a single episode, and you totally know what's going on. Because he is Adam, Prince of Eternity. Yeah, just that classic old cartoon where it was just like the voiceover on this beautiful, quiet, calm scene as he's like... When I held aloft my game. magic sword and said, by the power of Grayskull. Yeah. Awesome. I'm not going to go into that yell, but yes. Don't do it. <laughs> One more time, I'll go. <clears throat> Casey, that was my number two. <laughs> what is uh, yours? Damn you, Skeletor. <laughs> my number two which i assume will be instantly given away when i come get on you out. blabbering buffoon <laughs> yeah, there you go uh was that shredder or skeletor at that point it's hard to oh, oh, oh no, no you're offending me <laughs> 1989 to the present um it would be the simpsons simpsons yeah um uh Again, we didn't get Fox, so actually one of my like dad's friends recorded it on VHS for me and would bring me like a season at a time and I would just digest it, you know, had it on VHS and I'd watch all the time. Those first couple years of The Simpsons, probably like the first 10 seasons of The Simpsons is really good storytelling. I mean, it was funny, you know, as a kid, you like Bart, you get a little older, you start to like Homer. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and then you get to be a grown adult and you just love all the characters and you can appreciate like the cast of characters they've built over 34 years or whatever it is now. Um, yeah. And then as I got older, we finally got a satellite dish past this, but, um, I would come home every day and that magical three thirty time, I think it was on and I'd pop the VHS in and I would record every episode. Um, and I had like the Simpsons guide. Uh, book which had like every episode and the description and like the air date and so i made a piece of paper with like every episode i recorded because it was on syndication so it wasn't in order so i'd have to find it um Mm -hmm. and i'd write down a description of every episode and i had it all and i'd share it with my buddies it was just cool it's good memories um great stories that's another show where i could tell you a ton of good episodes that really stuck out in my mind every treehouse of horror oh yeah they were awesome if I remember the first time I saw Treehouse of Horror, you know, it's, I was probably like five, six. And I was like, I didn't understand that, like, you could do one off episodes like that. Mm-hmm. I was like, they've killed Homer. Like, yeah. what's happening? The series is over. And then, mm-hmm. like, the next week, they're like, yeah, that's, that's just, a, just kidding. Just kidding. Yeah, I didn't really. I became, <laughs> like, the Treehouse of Horror became like an event for me and my friends every year. Like, we were so excited to see what they do. Yeah, which the, movies they would because they were always spoofing a movie oh yeah the gremlin on the school bus one always sticks out in my mind because yeah twilight zone yeah for whatever reason again nick you could probably echo this we watched a lot of movies we shouldn't have when we were kids and the twilight mm-hmm. zone movie was a big one we watched so yeah, yeah. i was very Solid. familiar with the source material for that so i love that yeah. episode you know yeah they did you know they did a ton of they, the shining you know that was a big one they, it yeah. felt like they devoted almost a whole episode to that, but I'm sure it was just one segment of it. Yeah, that one was good. Uh, the one where uh, the janitor does the Friday the 13th, where yeah. he like, is on fire and he like comes into the PTA meeting and they're like, have a seat, Willie. Like, <laughs> he sits on, down and waits. sits down on the chair <laughs> on fire. Um, yeah, yeah, but generally, cre- that's kind of a creepy episode, though, too, you know? Going to yeah, because he, he goes kids. around, kill, he does kill yeah. like all the kids. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. It was awesome though. Maggie good, good choice. bagpipes with her pacifier and he explodes. Oh yeah, that's right. Because he turns into like a giant spider, or spider right? thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. 
So yeah, that's my number two, Simpsons. And it's funny, like I felt like I watched that show forever. I probably watched the first 15 seasons of it. So Mm -hmm. like I haven't even seen half of the episodes of The Simpsons. Yeah, Yeah, that's crazy to think. When you said present, I was like, what's he talking about? Then when you dropped The Simpsons, like, yeah, that's right. They're still going. It's wild. Yeah, Yeah, I think the next episode, uh, the next Treehouse of Horrors is like episode 666. Whoa. Eat my shorts. Eat my shorts. Cowabunga, dude. Yeah. Do the Bart, man. That was also a good video game. Um, No. You didn't like it? Oh, the arcade one was solid. Come on, it was at every hotel in the world. No. We'll agree. No NBA Jam. No NBA Jam. Let's stop. Fire, fire. We'll talk top five arcade game list someday. We will. Go ahead, Jeremy. Um, Let's hear your your top dog. Do you guys uh, guys have a favorite comic book character of all time? Mm. Have we talked about this? I don't know if we've talked specifically. I've said how garbage Superman is. Um, yeah, he is garbage. Yeah, totally We had garbage. to have read the comic like based on comic reading specifically? No, no, no. I would just say whether it's DC or, or Marvel. Like, I feel like you'd be like a Wolverine guy. Like, yeah. Yeah, if I was There's gonna, some awesome Wolverine stuff out there. Yeah. I'd probably go Nightcrawler, oddly enough. Really? Big Nightcrawler, Nightcrawler guy. Crawler. Yeah. Wow. I always you thought know, it was like, cool. He's like for mm-hmm. for me, it it's like I would say like longevity wise, it's been Batman. Um, okay. Like we used to watch on TV Land, like the old old <laughs> Adam like, West, Powie, yeah. oh. Shablammy. Yeah, we had uh, some of those on VHS as I was a kid too. <laughs> Take me to TV Land. Uh, but uh, no, anyways, uh, that's that's my my segue into my number one. My number one is actually the Batman the animated series. No? Um, Good so that was like again my prime time, like seven to ten years yeah. old, right there. Um, I would say ultimately like the new movies and stuff. Uh, outside of um, like Dark Knight and that sort of stuff, like even the new one disappointed a little bit. But really? um, yeah, <laughs> it wasn't my favorite. They all uh, like to, they like to ride the darkness. And everybody's do. like. We gotta be we gotta be the darkest Batman guy. But I would I would say I, I thought I agree with Casey like it, it was a little bit more edgy. Uh, I like the animation. I like the storytelling. Um, I bet I need to go back and rewatch them. But I bet I've seen every single episode of that. Um, They're really and, good, and they are really good. Um, and uh, that's yeah for me my all time favorite cartoon like awesome childhood. Yeah, I would say like Batman the Animated Series. I read the comic books. Like I felt like the animated series had better writing than the comic books did, which I can't yeah. say for a lot of those shows. See, and we didn't have com- like I didn't have comic books. Like we didn't have a Jeremy, store. I believe they sold comic like books that. at every drugstore, every Ben Franklin's you could go to had comic no, books. No, we had a we had a in Canby we had a Dubers <laughs> and they did not I'll tell you they did not. You didn't have, have the rack? Books. You did not nope. have the rack? Wow. Nope. You know what else you can buy at Ben Franklin? I could buy the Fangoria trading cards. Casey, really? you know what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, Ben Franklin's, that was a, you could get goldfish, uh, comic books, fabric, toys, fabric. beads. You could make uh, beaded crosses for all your friends. Uh, they had everything. Our soul, <laughs> our soul, G.I. Joe toys. I yeah, we got think Ninja Turtle toys. Really? See, we had to go to Walmart and Marshall for, for a weird toys. store. But 
You know what? I, I, I want to bring this up too before I'm done because I, I told you guys that like Bazooka is my favorite GI Joe. Oh, please do. Yes. <laughs> I produce this. Do you know where Bazooka <laughs> was born? No. Um, where? Hibbing, Minnesota. What? No way. The, the fictional Iron character. Wow. Mike drop. Mike drop. Did we oh, ever find it all out? comes together? Did oh, we ever determine how far how far is Hibbing from Green Bay, Wisconsin? Uh, Sixty two hours. Is it, a, is it a bazooka <laughs> blast away? Yeah, one bazooka blast away. Bazooka. I couldn't believe it. Because I'm like, cool. I was thinking about it, and then I'm like, this is a real character. I like, I was starting to doubt myself. I'm like, <laughs> no, I remember. Sound, sounds real. I remember. His, I remember his hat, and he had a literal bazooka. I'm yeah. like, one of my Treated. favorite toys. And uh, so I looked it up. <laughs> it's like his birthplace in the universe is Hibbing, Minnesota. <laughs> it's just heroes come from Can't everywhere, Jeremy. Can't be yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Shout wow. out Hibbing. You got it. You squeezed all that in, and good number yeah. one. I mean, again, I think, I think there's so many. You know, when you were, you're calling me out for like the age comment, you you make a good point. But I think there's other factors that play a playing a role, like especially when you're going through adolescence and like when you oh, move yeah. out of cartoons. Like, yeah. have, like I was I was a middle child too, so I had an older older sibling that was always like, you you know, like this. That's is, lame. He was always ahead of the curve, right? Because yeah, life, that sucks. That's right? lame. And. So you move away from stuff maybe sooner than you could or should, you know? But I still had a younger oh, brother. So my younger brother, Ty, would watch, like, he was he would watch a lot more Ninja Turtles. He would watch a lot more of Batman. And he would have X-Men you, on. And then I have, like, one eye on it being like, ooh, this ain't, like, X-Men. You kind cool. of pass, you, did you pass it on, though? Like, it was. I think baby, I know. Baby stuff. Yeah, well, I'm sure go like kick some dirt, man. <laughs> I'm gonna go watch Predator again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. See, All I was right. the opposite. My older brother was like a Dungeons and Dragons dude, big time. Okay. And so yes. like he's watching like anime and stuff, and I'm just like, oh boy, there's a lot of tentacles on this show. That's weird. Why is like, that person's so... head exploding? <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I cartoons are always cartoons always oh, yeah. cool in our family. So anime. <laughs> I never got cartoon shame too much, other than school. But that was my life. Shame, <laughs> shame, shame. Other than the rest of my yeah, sibling. other than the entire world, home was the yeah. pain cave. There was lots of cartoons in the pain cave when I, I, I got home. Living in my living <laughs> in my pain cave without yeah. without my secret love for cartoons and glam metal. Yeah, <laughs> my brother. When I was getting like Motley Crue's Doctor Feel Good, I remember being so excited to show my brother. I'm like, yeah, look at this, got this, and he's like, they suck. <laughs> I'm listening to Metallica and Slayer. It's like, yeah. what? <laughs> what? <laughs> All right. The devil's music. They don't suck. Um, <laughs> all right. My number one, um, pretty easy, pretty obvious for me. It was Transformers um, mm-hmm. Generation 1. Uh, again, based <clears throat> based upon a handful of uh, VHS copied cassette tapes that we had. Um Awesome show. I think I don't know how long it had. Three or four years, case maybe five even. But yeah, the first two were with the first. There's I can give you a little Transformers history, right? And I'm sure Casey probably knows this, but the first two seasons predate the movie, and then the movie was released in 1986, and then they tried to kind of reset the universe a little bit. And again, 
big cash grab type move, reestablish a whole other group of characters and stuff like that. So really, my my Transformers love really begins and ends with those first two seasons as well, because they never really hit as hard after the movie came out. They killed off Optimus Prime. And I mean, Optimus Prime was like such the great guy. I mean, he was like such the ultimate hero. And you go and you killed him off, you transition to Hawk Rod, and then they tried working in Rodimus Prime. And, you know, it just didn't stick with me. It yeah, they did like work. a lot more spacey type stuff after that too, right? Yeah. Like yeah, a lot of transporting were, to and yeah, from the home world and stuff. A lot of world jumping. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And I didn't like again, as much after that either. Plus, plus, again, we didn't have cable. We didn't have the benefit of syndication. So what I was relying on was whatever I could get on our own VHS. And then if we were lucky enough, like rent something at our super stop. Yeah, and I'd yeah, have to look station. at timeline too. When did Dinobots come into the equation? Oh, they were they were season one. Okay, because they were the bomb. I was a Grimlock huge. man. Grimlock was badass. so badass. Sludge. Yeah, I mean the, the whole line of characters, and you know what 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 elevates it for sure is my son Gunner got into Transformers like two years ago, mm-hmm. and they've had an awesome resurgence such a and, and walmart in general if you go through the toy aisle you'll find a lot of these retro toys they've wrecked yeah, on the them stores now. man those are well, they, awesome. no they, they've actually repackaged like whether it's transformers they casey go there they have the real ghostbusters the original toy lines back i know what? no need because i still have mine nick do you i should have i should have brought them down i i had an yeah. i had an egon and i pointed out to my kids i'm like this is what i had it even had like the ghost that like, went over his fiddle in yeah. his head you know slime him and they have so they had this um which by the way kenner ghostbuster slime was the best slime ever made smelled smell i can still smell it yeah right? and it like gooed so <laughs> whatever it, like, chemicals it, we were it like oozed over stuff with so and, well. like, um, and it dried up so fast though. yeah it was... but it will ruin your panthor if you cover him in it <laughs> panthor <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> keep him off my panther damn yeah that suede that wetted yeah. that right down so they have <laughs> what they did though they took I want to say it was two or three years ago. They started like taking and and packaging up these toys with the original exact packaging of like the Gen One stuff that I would buy when I was a kid. So I've bought and Gunner like Optimus Prime, Jazz. Jazz was a great, great Autobot. He's a Porsche. Um, bought him Starscream, Megatron. I mean, Megatron's a fantastic villain. Still bummed out you didn't call Jeremy Megatron because you know he's our Calvin Johnson on the pod here. Yeah. It was there a reach. It was too much of a reach for me. But Whatever. you know, Megatron kind of Megatron was a cool villain, but he sucked that he just turned into a big gun. Like I hated that part of him. Yeah, and how he could and somehow he fit in Starscream's hands. Yeah, like that kind of sucked. As a gun. But other yeah. than that. No. Okay, one little thing. Yeah, Come that's on. the I was gonna say that's like the only thing though. Do you remember the GoBots? Like the cheap yeah. version of Transformers? Like yeah. uh, well. I was a huge fan of them. Like they even bought these rock guys, like the GoBots versus the rock people. There was, was there was GoBots, but there's Mask. Mask oh, yeah, was kind of a little bit derivative of Transformers. Yeah. Yep. Much crappier. Yep. Yeah, Transformers is solid. Like I said, that movie, again, as a kid, the movie is watching great. Optimus Prime die, you're like, what? Yeah. <laughs> one shall stand and one shall fall. And then yeah, I believe. Like, but he, why is it you? Why are you dying? And that's like oh, Orson Welles' last movie, I think. Yes, it was. It was and literally also his played... highest grossing movie, I think. What I thought it bombed. 
I thought that's why, because that's why they end up shelving G.I. Joe and then releasing it on TV instead of putting it out theatrically. Yeah, and I could be wrong on that. Oh, you're right. Part, he but... played, you're right about Orson Welles. He was Unicron. Yeah, and I think and that a was his red last hot movie. Judd Nelson played Hot Rod. <laughs> and Nick, you must have loved that soundtrack. Oh my God. Movie. So good. <laughs> that was the cheesiest. Oh, so much Stan Bush on there. Rock soundtrack oh, of all time. Me and my buddies still. You got the power. Yeah, my you got to move. Me and my buddies still sing that when we left. Like, yeah, so cheesy. Plus, a little. We were actually watching some Weird Al the other night, and he and Dare to Be Stupid's on there. Oh yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, but that's that's my number one Transformers Generation One animated series. Not bad, not bad. I was definitely more. I don't. I don't know what channel that was on because we did not get a lot of it. Like I felt like it was. I would watch reruns on like USA at my grandma's. Yeah, yeah. I don't um, remember seeing it. Yeah. Honest, honestly, guys, I don't remember watching it on TV ever. I think it was always on a VHS tape. So yeah, the toys were more how I digested Transformers, and then I don't oh, know, just sweet. the toys were sweet. Um, but again, cartoons never went away in my household. So when Beast Wars came out, that was. For me, that was prime Transformers. <laughs> Those toys yeah. are badass. I got, and they're good. They're kind of like a puzzle now. I mean, when you when you open them up, they still have the same instruction thing. They're like, oh, 18 steps to transform <laughs> from a car to a to a robot, and uh, like, here you can figure out easy. Here you go, Gunner. Here's Mirage, and it keeps them occupied for like 30 minutes before it ever comes. Dad, <laughs> can you do this for me? It's like a Rubik's cube. It yeah. is. It's a little. <laughs> it, it kind of is. Yeah, I think my problem with the Transformers line was again digesting as toys, and I think Optimus Prime was like one of those like too expensive to have toys. Yeah. So if I couldn't have Optimus Prime, I didn't want any of them. Like, you didn't want a Bumblebee. Yeah. What am I gonna do? <laughs> Ride around on Bumblebee? I did find. I did get a Grimlock at one point, but just get. There was some badass one. Ironhide. I mean, they had some awesome stuff. And like I wanted, like I wanted the like Constructicon where you oh put yeah them all De- together Devastator huge guy, but again that was like that was boy, Devastator. It's beyond. Let's be. You had to buy like six of them to like put them together. Yeah, it seemed cool. I always saw it on the back. And we didn't have that kind of ching. No, yeah. <laughs> no. GI Joes were like seven bucks a pop, and that was like a real special thing, you know. Yeah, because I think some of those GI Joe toys had some metal on them back in the day, if I remember correctly. But yeah. I could be wrong on that. Yeah. Some of those first gen yeah. ones. Yep. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. good choice. Uh, my number one uh, from 1993 to 1997, so oldest on the list. Uh, cartoon I should not have been watching as a child, uh, but I can say me and my brother would watch Beavis and Butthead. Beavis and Butthead, number Beavis one. Butthead. <laughs> my brother and I would go over to my grandma's at I don't know, must have been on like eight nine at night, um, and my grandma would sit there and read her romance novels while me and my brother watched Beavis and Butthead, and like I just <laughs> laughed and laughed and laughed. I never, you know, they're making a movie. They yeah, a movie it just came out. out. Yeah, Paramount Plus. <laughs> Yeah, Cornholio. <laughs> Cornholio. So that's a great uh, look for you, Jeremy. You got it. That's our thumbnail. You know, I am Cornholio. <laughs> before my bunghole. Like it was just so funny. Like, and you know, as a kid, you know, I connected with those characters because of how dumb they were and the stupidity. You know, that humor was just where I was in my life. 
but it's funny now to go back and watch and be like, there's so much of that Mike Judd, like social commentary yeah. in the background. And it was much cleverer than I would have ever thought as a kid. And yeah, yeah. I, that show was nonstop laughs. I was a big music video guy. So when they would do the music, music video, videos, I, the I, commentary. Yeah, oh, man. That and it part, sucks. Those stick out. Yeah, and it sucks because you can't digest, like they won't release those, you know, like if you buy the DVDs and things, you don't get those with it because of copyright infringement and things. Um, YouTube. YouTube. Yeah, I, I assume you could go on YouTube and watch them, but like those yep. were so oh, funny. Have. Those were the best parts of it because he kind of mm-hmm. smartens Beavis and Butthead up a little on there and really gets into some commentary about it. And sometimes it's dumb, but like it's pretty good commentary on the videos. And I don't know. Beavis and Butthead, mm-hmm. man, I. It's fun. I loved every episode of that thing. I watched, they used to do the Maranathons where they'd have like eight hours of Beavis and Butthead and me and my brother would just sit at my grandma's and watch that nonstop every episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. That's a great show too. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I talked like Beavis for about two years. I'm sure my parents wanted to murder me, but everybody just loved that. <laughs> yeah. The grunting and fire fire but you're like, i was more i i did enjoy exactly what you're saying i enjoyed their commentary during music videos better than i like the actual stories in their episodes i thought those were the funniest things like the pantera one if you remember you know watching this love is that right been, i, I don't know, remember offhand they're like wow why is this guy so angry <laughs> yeah. you got a mean stepdad his dad's like god damn it pantera clean your room <laughs> yeah, I remember when they were watching like Corn Blind, and you know he gets to the part where he's like doing the scat, and Beavis is like blowing on his thumb to like make himself lightheaded so he can like just <laughs> talk gibberish, you know? It's like, yeah, it was just stupid <laughs> stuff like that. And I mean, it pushed the envelope as a kid. It, I felt badass watching it, you know, because yeah, everybody it was it was know, edgy, edgy, it was edgy, and it was the end of civilization, you know. And I was. That's right on the edge when I was becoming a teenager. So right, I was I was badass. I wanted to be a rebel. So mm-hmm. Beavis and Butthead was how I was a rebel. So yeah. number one, I probably would have had it up, but I we didn't have MTV obviously. So it's like, and I more just hearing about it, watching it in hindsight now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That MTV man, they had that animation liquid tv there for a while like the max daria was it daria daria was afterwards yeah had, never watched know. a single episode of daria that's actually I never really did either. too um oh, and flux was you big would right away. think so yeah that was like uh moody for sure you seem like you seem like moody. a big daria guy yeah some of those shows they had like if you've never seen the max that's kind of a cool animation style no idea storytelling no. look that one and flux and flux I, I watched a movie. The, wasn't that Charlize Theron? Yeah, yeah. the movie yeah, sucked. That, that bombed. The animation, the the show was, I think, only like sixteen or seventeen episodes, but it was wild. It was crazy. As a kid, I didn't really get it, but now as an adult, you can appreciate what the stuff they were doing with those shows. Yeah. yeah. So. Well, awesome boys. It's good stuff. Yeah, it was a we fun did it. list. Did episode twenty five. Twenty five. Quarter of a century. Any budget for fireworks or anything? So, episode twenty-five. Thanks everybody for listening. Like always, you guys got anything you want to hear us talk about? Top five lists. Uh, You want to be a guest? Heck, shoot us an email at ptshopdoc at gmail.com. Make sure you watch us on YouTube. Uh, Like, subscribe, all those things that people tell you to do. 
And until next time, I'm Casey Hansen. And with me, as always, is Nick Dolan, Jeremy Van Klopperberg. Oh, you're supposed to step on me. All right. No, <laughs> you guys are getting better. 